And we're back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 333. So for those of you guys who follow me on Twitter, you guys can now get these episodes faster now because I have uploaded all of the episodes of both the podcast and the podcasting platforms. So the order is the original Nightwing podcast is there. The first nine seasons of the Cloud Nine podcast. Then you have all the episodes of this show up until episode 331, the first 10 episodes the first 12 episodes of Cloud9 Podcast Season 12. And then after that, now any new episode that comes out is going to be there. So, Because I know like a lot of indie people, they don't actually do this, and it's kind of weird. Why don't people put their stuff out on Spotify? There's like m- literally millions of people that use that platform that could just hear what you're saying about your stuff and then potentially support you. You know, conversion is really hard, but it's, it's potential. But no one does it. No one puts their stuff out on Spotify, and it blows my mind. It's like, that's a big platform. Like people legit listen to podcasts a lot. Even if you only put your show on like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon Music, that's you know how many you know how many people that legit listen to that stuff. Like, who don't understand? Most people these days are consuming this stuff like just hearing my voice. They're not consuming it watching the screen. So I got to talk all sexy yeah. and hot, you know, like like a rich man that I am. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that every platform is good. I think Billie Eilish got famous on was it Spotify? Although she already had like. Her family was already connected, mm-hmm. but she put a she put a song up on a platform like that. I thought it was Spotify, and then she went viral, and then they're like, "Oh, here, sign a contract. We will take your soul." And the rest is history. <laughs> oh, and today we're joined here with uh, Mindy Wheeler, someone that I've known for about like, six months, I think, roughly. Met last year, and she was like, "Yeah, come on the show." <laughs> She just blew me off, stood me up instantly, literally instantly. She was like, y'all, come on. And then I reminded her, and she was like, yeah, uh, about that. <laughs> then last week, she supposed so- to come on, and she was like, well, I got to do this Valentine's Day piece for my website to make money. Instead of hanging out with a black guy, and I was like, all right, cool. So I guess I got stood up like three different times by a white lady. That had never happened in my life. Only on the internet that'll happen in real life. Uh, on the internet, obviously. So... What's Sorry. going on? I'm trying to try to plan this out for a long time, but I said people before it's really hard doing one on ones because like podcasts with pla- the panels, we have a set thing that we're doing for the most part, right? One on ones, I'm literally courting with someone. Hey, are you off at like two p.m. my time? They're like, what the fuck is two p.m. your time? Well, that that could be anything, <laughs> honestly. Europe's the worst. Europe's like eight hours ahead. So right now, if it's Europe, it's like one o'clock for them over there. Oh wow! Have you actually done streams with people in Europe? Yeah. Mostly from wow. London, actually. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It would have to be, like, way earlier in the day. Let's just say that. Like, I get up, like, mm. the sun's rising, and I'm like, all right, first thing I'm doing is not doing a podcast. And, like, 6 o'clock your time. Ah, oh, fuck. Fucking hell. The worst ones are, like, Australia. Australia is, like, literally in the next day. So, like, if it's 5 for mm. us right now, or it's the 21st, it's the 22nd for them, actually, that I figured out. They're literally in the future. That's true. <laughs> they are in the future. I did do one in Australia. So, yes, you're right. This, but, you know, it has too. to happen this way because mm-hmm. three is my favorite number. So the fact that your podcast is three, 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 it just it was just meant to be it this just, way, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she basically said, I have to come on the show last week and I just stood you up because I do Valentine's Day gift. I was like, OK, all right, lady, you crazy. So let's just start I'm here. Since, since this is your first time here, I do this with everyone. How did you. So how was life growing up? Oh, that's a that's a very spur of the moment question for a deep question. Uh, my well, childhood. It's like, was, how, how was how was your childhood essentially? You have, you have like an easy childhood, a rough childhood. You get like picked um, on because you no. like comic books. 
it was rough. No, I did not get along with my family. So mm. that was very rough. Mm-hmm. But comic yeah. book wise, I, as far as art, I've been drawing since I like could hold a pencil. So I, art mm-hmm. has always been very strong in my life. Mm-hmm. But I, I've always noticed with artist people, aren't artist people like weird? They're like super introverted and they don't even understand like normal society. Remember how we were having that conversation on Twitter about these people who were like saying, oh my God, you want me to put out McDonald's comic books every, every month on a Wednesday? It's like, you mean what everybody else do- has been doing since like this began? No fucking shit. What? <laughs> I, I about literally almost had a stroke. I was like, guys, if you follow like politics, just for, like Vivek Ramaswamy, he was in Iowa. Okay, it was snowing. There was a mail. There's people that deliver their people's mail in the snow. Okay, and then their mail needs to be there on time. So the fact that people were sitting there telling me, "You, go, I gotta get my work done on time." Yes, at every job you will ever have in your life, outside of probably just art, that's probably the only exception to the rule. You need to have your stuff done on time. I don't know where people got their. I could just take fucking whatever. It's like you do that any job, you will be not. Either you'll get no hours, and you won't want to, and it won't work you, or you'll just not have a job. That's it. But just, you know, yep. I find it crazy that people talk like that. And I was like, all this, all the stories that you grew up with came out on time. That's all these idiots yeah. said. I went to a comic book shop on Wednesday. No fucking shit. So they had to come out on time. I was like, I'm, I'm not getting gaslit anymore. I'm done. People are retarded. That, that had to have been yeah. sarcasm. Maybe, maybe I've, been like, oh, I've been on the internet so long. I'm just, it's a sarcasm. But I, I thought that was the dumbest thing I've heard in my life. You go to like, because I know you have kids. Let's say you went. To, let's say you went to your kid's like pediatrician. You know, he hit the kid like a sore throat. The doctor was like, you know what? Come back in a month, and I'll give you better quality medicine. <laughs> you would never. I was like, yeah. And you, any example you gave to people, it was worthless to them. I was like, you, you. I, I never operate like that. Whatever I do in my personal life, I would just mostly like to do on here. It's like, I know you guys wouldn't accept this in your real life. Why the fuck are you accepting this here? I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. You know, like I get it. This is a little bit more different because like, you know, crowdfunding comics is a little bit different. But no, you, it needs to come out in a timely fashion because I'm pretty sure you know this. I'm pretty sure you have TikTok. People's brains are bad these days. Their attention spans are terrible. Yeah. You will be forgotten about relatively soon why do people think movie sequels come out every two to three years it's so you get to be in the converse it's so they get to be in the conversation more you know when a movie's delayed like 10 plus years the average i bet your mom does this too she'll be like i think that was coming out yeah gee i wonder why it fucking came out 10 years ago you probably lock and change in 10 years right so i thought that was just so cringe oh i have to get my work done on time yes like every job on this planet like what <laughs> what planet are we nice. living on with these weirdos I don't know. I don't remember what what conversation exactly that was. But yeah, no, I totally agree. And I I believe I've said much of the same. But if you say that, though, you'll get hate. Yeah. If you point out the hypocrisy (laughs) of the deadlines, you get hate. Yes, yes, you do. And it's so silly. We have just enabled all this bad behavior, especially the Internet. You know, it's very enabling of these of these guys who just don't take anything seriously. And comic books has had a problem with that. Like, I really think the 90s guys came out really, uh, a lot of them have really bad egos. Not all of them, Mm. but a lot of them. And they never got critiqued like they do now with the internet. So it's just a very interesting, like, transition the industry has gone through. And, uh, like, Rob Liefeld, you know he took $30,000 on a campaign and never delivered? Yeah, I do know that. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Rob Liefeld, if everyone doesn't know who that is, Rob Liefeld created Deadpool, X-Force. 
He and, co-created. He actually didn't create it. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, he, yes, I did. You know, he, uh, he tells a lot of stories. <laughs> I think he's just too old at this point. You know, and Jim Lee, also the founder of Image Comics, though I, I doubt he really never mentions it anymore. That's a part of his life. He's like, you know what? Yeah, I did it, and I'm not doing that anymore. But he also has no balls now because he believes in trunes. So pretty sure his opinion doesn't mean anything outside of his art, honestly. You know? Trunes? What's a troon? Oh, <laughs> you know, chicks with oh, dicks. No. <laughs> oh, who do, who believes in that, Jim? <laughs> No, no, it's just uh, people have these jokes now where he doesn't have any balls now because he doesn't stand up to people anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, because like, you know how, you know, because um, you guys mentioned on your shows that kids can't really get comics anymore. The only guy doing it now is, is Todd McFarlane. He has this little page puncher line. Do you know what those are? Page punchers? Hmm. They have them at that Walmart where, where you have a, you, you give the kid like, oh, for $10, you get a toy and you have a comic book with it corresponding with the character. So it, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so it basically mm -hmm. bridges that. Oh well, they got to be in big box retailers. What do kids like? Well, kids like toys, and then you can be like, hey, you can read this right here. You know, he's the only guy doing it because the reason why people don't buy comics anymore, I think a big part of it is because of uh, visibility and accessibility. If it's not accessible in big box retailers, having someone go out of their way to get it is going to be kind kind of difficult, unless you're just getting it off Amazon, which I mean, we all do that actually. <laughs> well, is she in for a surprise? Oh my! Um, <laughs> oh, Michael's just being weird. Oh Lord, <laughs> that's fine. So, I'm not. So, I'm not I'll ask you this: much. Why do you think comic books have had a huge decline in sales outside of the usual things that people say, like story, art, you know, agendas o pushed outside of the the woke complaint? Um, <laughs> Which is legit. I think it's it's really, but at the same time, um, there are some st still some good books in circulation. I've stopped going to a comic shop um, for a long mm -hmm. time. Uh, it's uh, if I had to like trace it back, there's quite a few factors. But my husband and I actually had our own retail shop about nine years ago. I think it was when we opened. And people would come in all the time and say, oh, I, I stopped collecting this title. I stopped. I gave up. I gave up. We heard that all day long. And this was before all like the woke complaint, but it was starting to creep in. And they just didn't like the stories anymore. That was the biggest thing for them. They just didn't like the direction that they were going. And then it just took a very hard woke turn. So that just made it worse. But on top of it, you have online retailers, which wasn't a thing. You know, so you had to actually physically go into your comic book shop to get your comics on Wednesdays. And um, that now, like, as of nine years ago and a little before that, you had all these online retailers popping up and they run it just simply online. Yeah. So you have mm -hmm. the competitiveness of that. And, um, yeah, I would argue that there is not really there's not much for kids. The, the parents that would have loved the characters to get their kids into it because that's usually what happens and sometimes i still see that they say i loved comic books so much i'm trying to give it to my kid and and introduce that love i had it kind of they dropped a lot of those people the same people that came in and said i stopped buying this title so they lost that they lost that whole lineage of their kids and their kids that's another thing that people don't really understand that i brought to some people and they're like you just blew my mind actually parents <laughs> are more in the know on certain things, right? Because, well, I mean, doesn't everyone have like a, oh, my phone next to me. Just pretend this is a smartphone, people. This is, uh, this is it. Imagine this is my phone, right? All parents have a lot of these social media apps and whatever. 
And a lot of the parents that watch a lot of these YouTube channels, because I think they probably didn't, wasn't it revealed that YouTube is more watched than like any cable network now? Well, okay, guys, if we're using that wow. as a metric now, if parents hear about how bad they've treated legacy characters like Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, X-Men, whatever, well, by that logic, then why would you have your kids exposed to that? If, even if it's not gay or woke stuff, this, if the stories are just not good, why would you waste your money on that? You know, people are already, I don't say struggling, but there's already not a lot of money people have right now. So the money that you do have, you're just going to be a lot more conservative with it. I think people want to spend money here. It's just they're a lot more conservative about what they're going to spend money on. No one wants to spend fucking $10 on a title and get inter- and get not entertained for like however long you take to read the actual floppy book, you know? That's why yeah. people don't go to the movies as much. It's not that like they want to spend the money. It's just more like, why? Because if you're you're gonna sit there and get lectured by a bunch of idiots, what the what is the point? You could just do that at home. I could my, my wife lecture me if I really wanted that, you know? <laughs> I could achieve you that for free. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's a combination of all of it. And it's just I think a combination too of like uh I think the comic book companies honestly, Marvel mm-hmm. and DC, I think they focus more on movies. And care more about movies and TV shows yeah. and have over the past 10 years than they have That's about true. their books. I I think they they don't even really care and they're just kind of letting it die. Or the it, or they're willing to let it die. I think people gotta yeah. understand. I this is crazy to think about Batman t-shirts probably sell more than Batman comic books. That's probably right. not even like there's exactly ba- Spider-Man backpacks sell more than his comic books. All they care about is merchandising and toy deals. Remember when I don't know if you watched Spider-Man No Way Home, but Remember before that movie came out, Disney and Sony's deal broke down because they couldn't agree on what the actual compensation would happen from the movie. Who if you forget, Disney and Marvel have the um the toy licensing deal part of it. So they get all, all the money from the toys. Sony has the movie title, so obviously they get all the money from the box office. So yeah, Disney was trying to go like, oh, we want the, more of the cut of the box office tickets too. Like, no, oh, what the fuck? Because they realized this. They make more money with the toy deal, actually. Because I mean, your kid's like, I want Spider-Man. All right, cool. You know, how many of those parents yeah. are going to go buy an actual comic book related to Spider-Man? Very few far in between at this point. You know, that's why I yeah. tell people, what, what's to stop like David Zaslav from Warner Brothers? What's to stop that guy from going there being like, this makes us literally no money. I imagine it'll break even. Breaking even would apply. You actually need to make money to get there. We don't make any money from this. You're all fired. And I'm selling this off to someone else. There's nothing stopping him at all. He's the guy where he literally axed Bad Girl because he realized it was going to be a piece of shit and make them no money. Honestly, why that can't apply to comics unless he's just really generous and being like, well, that's a legacy part of the, the company, so I'm just not going to do it out of like pure, what's that word? Like a mutual respect there. There's nothing stopping mm-hmm. him from going in there and being like, this is all trash. It makes us no money. Because, like you mentioned before, how much, this stuff doesn't make that much money, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly it. And, and and there's also been an influx of uh like comic book flippers, which has been a little different. There's just been there's been a lot of grading. factors. Because I wanted to ask, ask you yeah, this too. Because you, you guys said you owned a shop. A lot of people for many years, like myself, thought if you just bought a Spider-Man title, then that means more will get a cut of that. And no, guys, that's not how that works. That works at all. Okay. Huh. So everyone doesn't understand <laughs> this stuff. Basically, Marvel and DC make the books. They sell them to distributors. So they already get paid up front. They don't give a fuck, honestly. They just, they're just offloading that shit to somebody, you know? And they mm. also outsource it all from China, so it's even cheaper for them. So then the distributor has all those products, and they sell it to retailers like yourself. You guys spend your own money to buy the stuff to hope open to flip it all. Distributor doesn't care. He sold his product. He didn't give a fuck. 
So the two main parties that deliver to you already get paid up front. That's why I keep telling me there's no incentive for them to change because the actual system itself doesn't allow it. Marvel and DC, how little they get paid from doing this, they already get paid up front. Why would they need to change? They get their money up front every month. It doesn't matter to them. It literally, they, they don't need to change, right? Unless stores just collapse all around them, then they'd be like, okay, we probably need to start changing. But that's not happening. You know, I don't know. I don't think I, I again, everybody's going online and I think it's been a gradual transition. So even if all the store like I've talked to several stores that say I closed down my store and I just do online now. So they're still they're still paying mm -hmm. Marvel in D.C. like the same amount roughly, you know, and but their audience has moved online. And so I don't think they really care. I think uh, there's been a sort of influx and in, uh, like anti business sort of mentality, like. The brick and mortar thing is kind of going by the wayside. Even though you go to the grocery store and they want you to yeah. ring up the groceries yourself. Pretty much they're just going to have like, you can already go into a store and like, and have your <laughs> smartphone and you just walk out the door and it checks you out. You know, like these big companies really don't want to be involved in the labor and they don't really care. And everything is going online. So that's been a big part of it too. But uh, the, every restaurant, you know, has a kiosk now where you just do it yourself. You know, I remember one tagline yep. for my job is like going out. Literally, this is the tagline: "Going outside is overrated." That's one of the taglines. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not what? even kidding. One of our DoorDash things at my That's job is really... literally going outside is overrated. I'm like, bro, we are so screwed. Holy shit! <laughs> no, going outside is just fresh air. Jeez. Yeah, you oh need, my you need fresh. I think more people. Yeah, I think more people need to go outside and get fresh air. Actually, yeah. I, I agree. Yes, I did go outside today and get fresh air. So I'm yeah, I went outside and I, I saw a crackhead <laughs> and I was like, nope, going back in. I'm already too scared. <laughs> so yep. I really think that they just let him die, though. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. So I'll ask, um, how did you ever build this up? So you said at one point you actually owned a store. It's you don't have it anymore. But how did mm -hmm. it come to you were creating like your own comic books, actually? So who did you like ah. generally? Who, who did you like generally look up to? when you were doing your art to even get you to that point? Um, I've been, I, I've had an extremely, extremely bumpy road in comics. And uh, during all these industry changes, we just said, plus there's all like, there were changes in pay rates. Uh, the mm -hmm. publishers were hiring based off of social media clout instead of merit. <laughs> there's all kinds of changes. So hiring uh, 7-Eleven gas crazy, station right? workers. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. El, El, El Chapo said he likes Batman. Oh yeah, El Batman. Yep, you're you'd be our writer for the month. It's like, bro, what's wrong with you? Well, it was like it was no, it was like the opposite. It was like who's who the publishers at one point were were thinking who's gonna bring us the most sales so they don't have to do them any work. And so when it comes to looking up to people, like there really weren't a lot. In fact, uh most people I talked to, I ended up having a bad experience with or a bad view of after the fact because i realized that everyone was just full of it and the industry is full of nepotism and destructive and toxic and these people like have never worked a real job in their life and, and they're all slandering each other and they act like high school girls so like no one really there, there's been a couple of nice guys but i mean it's been rough i've i've bumped heads with like everybody and 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 people will call me the problem. They're like, oh, Mindy, me. But that's all the <laughs> people <re>. that me. <laughs> but I, I like it cannot, it could not have been any other way because there the industry is all messed up. So obviously I'm not the problem. It's like the way things have been.
And more people, this is a cool thing though. So there's a lot of new people coming into comics and um, they're, I call it the new generation and they don't care about doing things the way these guys have been doing it. Like the nineties guys, everything has been really like based off of nepotism, meaning they hire their friends. They give their friends the jobs and they kind of Mm -hmm. bully everybody out. There's a lot of politics involved. So that's how it's been. And that's the industry I came into. And it was crappy and everyone was mean. And um, people trolled me and bullied me and um, didn't give me advice, you know, because they didn't want me to succeed. So I didn't, nobody taught me anything. It was really, really difficult. Uh, The past 10 years, man. So you started, did you start in indie comics in 2014, essentially? I yeah I I started doing artwork and that's uh, 2014 was the year I got my first booth and then I got my first colorist gig around that time Um, and started working as a colorist and it was so difficult to find jobs I'd go around and I'd be like hey how does one get hired around here where do you find artists and from these established people who were working on big titles they'd be like well I don't know I just hire my buddies and I and and I'd be, I was like going around with my portfolio, like you do with the real job, the way you started this podcast, it's exactly how I was. I was like, this is a, a job, right? Hello. And I was taking my portfolio and it was just the weirdest experience. Mm-hmm. I, it was, it was awful. <laughs> Nothing but like tons of bad experiences. So, um, I quit too, like three times. Um, mm-hmm. but I just love the medium. So, uh, that inspired me to make my own books. That's what it came to. Because, like, but you know, how, I wanted to work. Do you know how Image got big? Like, a lot of people were like, "All these books have great art." If they hired their friends to write them, people forget that's not. Yes, that wasn't originally an Image thing. Like, that's why the books mostly came out there, like the back. But that's a concept that people kept using throughout the years. Like, oh, and it was bad. The nepotism is so bad. Like, I, I noticed things from this kind of industry. Is that things that work here do not apply in real life. Like, this is legit bizarre world. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Dude, okay, that was what I was trying to tell Eric July. I was talking to him not mm-hmm. that long ago, you know? And um, I don't hate Eric or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's um, black. But <laughs> I, I admire Eric for some things, and I'm critical of him for other things. But he's just like any you other uh, you know, online dude. <laughs> But the thing is, like, I, I have to explain to people who, who don't understand. I'm like, dude, Eric kind of has it easy here. Like, and I'm so happy for his success, dude. Go for it. But, um, but like, he, he's already successful in comics. Like, I'm still trying to get there. And so many people are like me trying to get there. And we're having to deal with all these problems. Thank God, Eric like could he did the music and he came over but he like he has it easy here comics is weird i was trying to tell him comics is weird dude comics is different and he's like well i had music industry and i don't know his music industry experience but i know comic book guys and they're the comic book industry is very weird and very different than any other industry i've ever worked with so i don't Mm -hmm. know if that'll eventually i'd love to talk to eric in the future in like a couple years and be like so what'd you think you know but it is very weird here and nothing is normal and nothing makes sense. And <laughs> uh, these publishers don't even operate off of contracts half the time. I think there's a giant drug problem. Um, it, yeah. And I mean, actually, Liefeld got uh, outed by uh, Ryan Reynolds as a cokehead and then he admitted to it. Yes, I've had a long, long term cokehead 
cocaine problem. Uh, I think Quazada was also uh, outed or something for that for drugs. Like it's nothing makes sense here, man. So yeah, it's it's a very weird place to navigate, and I feel like we're we're responsible for actually creating the industry that makes sense now. It's finally like it's just chaos. It's been chaos, and it's, and it's so corrupt and now finally we have to make a new industry that's mm -hmm. the point we're at in history of comics so i'm trying to do that and i enjoy it it's like it's something that i like do i like before i came into comics um and on and off throughout like for 20 years i've done uh like small businesses and marketing and like the stuff that i already do now with this company so it's really natural for me so i'm just following like the path of least resistance here and it's been 10 years mm -hmm. in the making but that's where we're at we're having to create the new industry right now right here mm -hmm. going forward and well, it's up us people like my husband and i to do that you know because I think a big problem here, a lot of people would probably assume it's like, well, if you're indie, that means you kind of just have to do a lot of jobs, work for hire. And it's like, well, if there's not, there's no like established companies here in this kind of space. That's the weird part. I mean, unless, you know, unless you want to sacrifice your soul and go work for Ethan. <laughs> Which I already said no to. So that. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Or, or you could make a uh, uh, boob cast and you just trash everybody. And you just get a thousand dollars in super chats. <laughs> yeah, oh. it, and that's a weird thing to merge the YouTube world. A lot of these people on YouTube don't even read comics. I can like mm -hmm. I've caught things before. The the CG slums not that long ago were trashing me, and um, not Dark Rift, yeah, but the. You, but, did you notice that too? Uh, we, huh? I've noticed that with people. Oh God, mm -hmm. there's so many tales. I don't know how old you are. You know, my mom said you never ask me with her age; she'll hit you. But. If you're smart in something and you know the field very well, when someone is talking out of their ass, you can tell because yeah. what they what someone who naturally likes something, they'll just constantly talk about it. It's just a natural thing as humans. If I like something, then I just talk about it. A lot of the CG guys, what I've noticed, none of them ever talk about each other's books. Not even as like I'm talking, I'm saying you got to shit on them. I'm not even saying you just shit on them. I'm just saying, like, hey, I read this, and I like this, and I think this is a good book in general. You don't even get that. A lot of these yeah. guys do, like, what they – they say the main audience of these other companies do, which is buy what's – what's the thing? Buy product, consume product, get ready for next product. That's what these guys do. Anytime a book gets made, people, or it's announced for a crowdfunder, it's like, hey, support this guy. And the book will get funded and <laughs> may come out, and it'll maybe it'll come out. No one talks about it. Even yeah. when the book does come to people and they get it, it never gets talked about. Nobody talks about these books. So when some of these guys mm -hmm. are lying to you guys saying, well, no one talks about Spider-Man and blah, blah X-Men. Well, no one's talking about your books at all either. Not even your own fans talk about your own books. Actually, the only reason why they're fans that are bringing it up is if another person would shit on them. So another person would go the way and be like, hey, these books suck. Then all their fans go, no, no, no they don't suck. But the, here's the problem. Here's how you know you can tell the fans never read the books. They don't tell you one part in the book. I'm not saying you tell me what's your favorite part of Isom. None of that. Tell me something in the book, story point, anything, dialogue, something. You never hear anything. All this is fake. They don't support each other. The fans don't read the books. There was a stream I think Ethan had, you know, how he had the big Air July drop, uh, fallout the first time when he was saying that. Yeah. Fan, this is something I actually agree with him on. He said fans need to get the books and read them. Well, they don't because this is the problem. I think the reason why fans don't read them is because I think the fans think their favorite creators suck. 
Because the reason why you would read like your favorite comic book guy's stuff is because you think they're good at what they're doing, right? So if mm-hmm. I'm trying to convince them, I like it, it'll be really hard to convince my close friends that I'm good at writing, right? Because there's a there's a big difference there in terms of like relationship. But mm. if they yeah. like somebody else, it's much more easier for them to like somebody else's work because they've consumed it longer and they they have a proven track record of if I don't like it or like it. So I think there's there's many di- different layers to break it down here. But but you understand what I'm saying. It's just yeah, I do. It's yeah. so fake. Yeah. And you can tell mm-hmm. it's so forced and it's so cringe. I'm like y'all have not read them books because they always say I can't use the book. Thanks. Oh, I'll, I'll be seeing the person. So let's, let, let's say but let's say random. Let, let's call this character Black Ape. Let's say there's a book created called Black Ape. <laughs> Black Ape gets created on Indiegogo. And it's funded. Cool. Book gets delivered. Awesome. That's great. Glad you guys get the product. Okay, what's the story about? Oh, no. The art's really good. That's great. Uh, anything that's story I should probably know about? It's like, it's just Ghost Town. That uh, Story? Ghost Town. Oh, my God. Black Ape issue number two, War of the Black People. Come and fund my book. And that is so true. And there still are streams too. You can tell from actual comic book fans, like they'll hold their own streams and they'll be like, "Look, this is what I got this week." And and they'll be actually talking. A uh, uh, RDV, I think, is his. Uh, yes, is it RVD or RDV? I think it's RDV. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tuned into his show several times, and uh, I've known him from Twitter and YouTube for a couple years. And he's always talking about books, like actual comic books that he's read. And he's talking about the stories, and I love that. I love talking to people. I like the industry. Even though it's spat on me over and over again, I still like the medium. I really enjoy it. Um, but yes, the CG thing I think is 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 so very true. On that stream, I thought it was hilarious because we did an ASM 300 homage. Are you familiar with the ASM 300, McFarlane Spider-Man? Oh, no. Very famous. Very famous. Um and uh, you could tell, Barr said uh, about the drawing of the our cover. Mm-hmm. He said, there's no understructure, which was freaking hilarious because it's a homage. It's meant to be exactly like someone else's cover. So there's little things you can catch when you do read comic books and you do care. And yes, you listen to the streams and you're like, dude, they don't even read comic books. So yeah, I, I get that. I agree with you 100% Literally there. just... There's more better monetization than talking about the drama surrounding the books and the books actually themselves is what I've noticed. Yeah. That's yeah. All they do. And that's, mm-hmm. It if is. Because the thing, and I, uh, if these books are so good, it's not even the fact that the fans should talk about, about them because it's hard for an indie book to generally get traction to be like that level, right? Because those, because all the characters people bring up, to have that level of recognition, that took a long time. Like Batman, Spokesman, all the famous characters people know. That's, it takes time. I have no problem with time being a factor. That is just how this stuff works. But the fact that all these fans don't talk about these books, the creators themselves don't mention these books, nothing. is purely a ghost town, people. N- the books never get talked about ever. All you hear about is what the creators said. Like, oh my God, the creators think like he likes <laughs> avocados. Trying to make a 10-hour stream to how he's an <laughs> avocado sis is like, bruh. Yeah. What well, no, no, I got to do with I anything? Say, I will say there have been a couple of people in mm. CG or that have associated with it that are that are readers of comics. I have I've come across a couple, but not a lot. Mm. Mostly, mostly all not. But they're there have been comics, a but not these ones. 
<laughs> yeah. So I will say, I think this is the current state of CG, besides it being comics gates under Gate? Ethan's oh, reign. Comics late. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the current state is that um it's it's hard to keep up with history on the internet. That's another thing that they've that yeah. some like Ethan's used to their advantage. So they just bury history and like every fool is born a minute or whatever that saying goes. So they come and they find it and then they get then they get disenfranchised with Ethan and all the late books, and then they become detractors of CG, as Ethan call or Eric's would call them. And then the cycle starts all over, and they use the detractors complaining about late books, and they say, "Oh, here they're our enemy, enemy, they're anti-CG," and the cycle repeats itself. Um, but there are some people I feel that kind of were they're hopeless. They want really good books. That's why they're eager to support the indie guys. Um, but there's been, again, there's been no uh, like progress. We are on the ground floor and the, the building of the industry starts here right now. So the stories that are to come from people who are actually professional um, will be uplifting them. And I think people will gravitate towards that because they, they want stories. They don't like what's in the mainstream. They're tired of the industry of the nepotism. They're also not you know, very fed, like happy with the CG stuff. So I think that's kind of in the background and it, it really is like, it's been <clears throat> just utter chaos the past four years or so. Have you, and uh, you, no progress you has been made. yourself back in the day, like comics gate at a certain point. <laughs> so um, I got trolled uh, by the mainstream in 20s. 17 16 and 17 why is it always that year Maybe 2015 is when thing, everything just went to the shit pvs <laughs> started it, it all year yeah, yeah it was because yeah. it was election year exactly mm -hmm. and that's exactly why it was because of my uh conservative beliefs and mike's conservative mm -hmm. beliefs and um and i even have someone who like just admitted it the other day and it's it's fascinating. I we got the boot basically because of our beliefs, um, which had nothing to do with my art, and we got totally mm -hmm. ostracized. And uh, you like the whole whisper network thing was basically like that. Mm -hmm. Same same newspaper and everything. Uh, yeah, we got trolled. So we left after um, we left in 2017. I said fuck this. I was uh, pregnant too. Actually, when we got trolled, I had a miscarriage from the stress. So like a year later, then I was pregnant again and we left and we quit. We said, screw this. Pe comic book people are just crazy, man. Um, and then it was 2018. Uh, we were traveling with our jobs and I had hmm. stumbled across the very infancy of Comic Skate when it was like advertising itself as a conservative friendly movement. And then come to find out it was not that. And then Ethan had entered. And then Ethan basically canceled me out of a CG. Along with Tim Lim and Doug Tenapple and Mike S. Miller. It was all in the same, very same time frame. I think the order of it, if I'm not mistaken, was Tim, me. And then it, I don't know who came first. Probably Doug and then Mike. So Ethan basically axed all of the, the major conservative people out of the movement that was supposed to be about supposed to be a consumer movement for, for like to start it wasn't even supposed to be with creators and i wasn't even a creator i was a an artist and i had actually come it found it was interested because i had been a retailer mm. and the like you know two years before so i came in as a retailer more than anything an ex-retailer but i was also an artist and i was uh just 
disenfranchised with the mainstream industry. So I thought, oh, yay, it's a group that is a community, as everybody always says. And, you know, um, so, yeah, I identified with their little label for like, you know, it's, for like uh, okay, that, that's weeks. the cringiest thing on the Internet. So we're a community. I'm, whenever someone says yeah, that, that know, sounds right? so gay. That sounds it gay is. as fuck. <laughs> it's danger is what that means. I have learned since then that whenever you say community, you be very careful because it's probably yeah. uh, the opposite. It's probably a network of people who want to destroy you. Um, it's not a community. That word has been weaponized. So, yeah, I, I was there for a little bit. And then I, like, disagreed with Ethan once on his stream. And then I started to notice... I know I didn't kiss the ring, um, and uh, I noticed that I got invited. Oh like, my! I didn't did kiss the ring? On oh my god! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't two on the nose because he wrote Green, he did Green Lantern. That's two on the nose. Oh god! I don't care. See, that's the thing. I'm not like a greedy person that that puts yeah. money over morality. Yeah, I, re I really didn't care. Like, I wasn't there to show a book. Um, I did want it. Did inspire me to continue writing a book. I had been already writing for many years, so I was excited. I was like, okay, I can actually, I can actually release this because I had thought that my career had been ruined before um from the people trolling me from the left in the mainstream and the the sort of indie community surrounding that. But, um, yeah, then and then it would just turned out really horribly. I got really trolled again, and it was I don't know which was worse. It was it's hard to say which was worse, the wrath of the mainstream or the wrath of CG. CG was definitely more like in my face nasty. I had to delete my all my social media accounts. And I did so within 72 hours of Ethan going after me um, because it was just like hundred it was about three hundred people. And uh, it was just a different uh, landscape at the time. So I said, fuck y'all. Um, oh, and I started to like right before then move away from CG because I started noticing I was getting in invited. I, I got invited to Ethan's stream, but I don't never know who. I would just be sent these like weird links and weird chats and these background chats. And in the back background chats, I noticed it behaved just like the mainstream. And I was like, uh oh, uh oh. And there'd be like, there'd be people talking and they'd be like, oh, this person said something. Let's go attack him. And then they'd have coordinated attacks against somebody. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. I don't play that. Great. I, no. Um, so I started like slowly like pushing away. And then it was six days later after I was like, I'm not really, I'm going to just break off from this movement that I got attacked. And then, then all hell broke loose. And then 72 hours later, I, or maybe it was 48. It was like uh, either 48 or 72 hours by the time then I got rid of all my social media and I left for two years in comics and I got fresh air from outside. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah. And then I came back and found the indie guys. So yeah, there was a, like, I've been bounced around like and trolled by every corner. And then I tried to find the indie guys. Like I came back in 2020, everyone was inside. Right. Huh. And I started uh, like getting back into it again. Cause I just, I love it when you're a creative person, you can't really stop creating. That's mm. worse. I think uh, than getting trolled out of an industry. Because then you realize that you just gave up on everything you loved because of the stupidity of everyone else and you still want to create and it's a it's a craving it's an urge. So I got back into it slowly I hate a very outwardly hated CG um, was not cool with it did not like the mainstream either I was like there was no bubble for me and I kind of found these indie guys on Facebook there's like a but here's the thing it was a community. 
So I, and I ended up getting trolled by them again. Turns out they were the same. Uh, most of them were the same lefty guys from before that like continually hated me the whole 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's Larry. That's when I met Larry. Oh, and he started Lord. trolling us out of the blue. So um, we tried to do something for the community. We tried to build a crowdfunding platform, just like Luke Stone fund my comic. We had mm-hmm. we had started one up and um, people made money. It was just like it was fine. Uh, but then it got trolled by Larry mostly. Um, and then they just started crapping all over it. So then I, we really said, like, screw this again. There's nothing. There's nowhere. Everyone's evil. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's out for themselves like these comics is just just infested infested with toxic people who've never worked a real job in their life or if they um, have and- they gotten fired and then the reasons that mm. you find out they got fired for you're like you know what can't really maybe disagree with your boss there on getting rid of you just just saying i kind of found <laughs> the other guy yeah <laughs> Yeah. This is something that people mm-hmm. need to understand too. When someone tells you a story, I'm never saying someone's lying, but someone will always tell you the version that they want you to know where they're always the hero, you know? Mm, so these yeah. common mm-hmm. stories that everyone tells, it's always the question like, can I? I always wonder to myself, I wonder what the other parties would say about this person though. Because when you actually hear another perspective on the story, your mind just starts going, huh, that's interesting. Hmm. And I appreciate that, that you take note of the different perspective, because a huge part of something I've had to battle for many years, and um, I think people are finally waking up now, mm-hmm. a, a lot, like they're waking up a lot, mm-hmm. is that the people, are you familiar with the Whisper Network? That whole yes. news? That's yeah, exactly even though Rich Johnson like. tries to, you know, say it doesn't exist. And Rich Johnson's one of the ones that's been on my butt and uh, mm-hmm. bleeding cool was back in 2016 and what they do is they um they they message people they get in people's dms and if you read that article i just read it recently penny's expose back in like 2020 when she came out mm-hmm. with it um they say the whisper network is not enough and they encourage some other activity well i i can tell you what that activity is just based on very educated guests and what i've seen mm-hmm. them do they message people whenever you work with some somebody uh like indie crowdfund was this is exactly what happened with indie crowdfund and i've had confirmation from this from many people telling me it's happening to them they said i'm getting hundreds of messages from people telling me not to work with you mindy they say you have a bad reputation and they'll just they'll just drop you and they they get all scared that's how they do it they mass message people and harass people and say don't work with them this has been a tactic but it's been losing power it's lost a lot of steam and people are realizing, hey, this is just gossip. If you don't actually talk to Mindy and work with Mindy and you're just taking the word of these people on DMs, that's cancel culture at play. That's what it is. Even Larry himself has admitted that he is on a mission to cancel us. And Larry is one of the people that goes around messaging people. Don't work with Mindy. So, and it doesn't matter anymore. Like the time has been my best friend. As time has gone on, all of these tactics and these people have been revealed, you know, like time heals everything. And it's shown all this stuff. And I have screenshots uh, and like proof of all of this that I put on YouTube. And that's helped, too. So it's it's just a very interesting world where, again, it's like a transition of comic book. The comic book industry has totally transitioned. It's gone through Mm -hmm. a lot of things the past 10 years. And nobody was familiar with 10 years ago. 
Uh, Renowned, he said, Mindy Wheeler started following me as well. Oh, what's up, dude? Larry is Niall B. Yeah, Niall B, Mr. Mm. Nelby Comics. So one of my friends, uh, Professor Hayteen, goes on his stream somewhat annually whenever he invites him on. And you could just tell Professor was bringing up such logical things that Larry's just not having it because he's just retarded. Um, like, he literally is, I think, retarded. Yeah. So there's something that he did. So, so Eric made, made a post one day, and I'm just scrolling. I'm just on the bus, just listening to a freaking black person rap music, the music you love so much, rap, you know? And <laughs> Larry, you know what Larry said? It's, if you dislike who Eric is, it doesn't matter. This is the dumbest thing I have heard from someone. And the, the actual actions of a retard play out. He says, you don't help people. Like, so that, oh, that's pretty communistic right there. I don't got to, I don't got to help no one. I just got to make sure my bills are paying. I'm going to give a fuck what you're doing. But Larry tried to take a very communistic approach. And I told him he's a retarded idiot to his face. And he was like, I was like, hey, I'll have in the show. I'll talk to you. Because, you know, I like to talk to people. I like to see what that person's coming from, even if I disagree. I'll just like, I, I just would like to hear where you're coming from. And then I called him a retard and he just blocked me. And I was like, yes. <laughs> well, he, that does, one. he is he and his uh, close buddies are left-leaning and that has been one of the reasons why he he dislikes my husband and i so mm -hmm. much he calls us alt-right and shit which is it's like so obviously not the like case, especially if you know our body of work it's he not like he just He's like stuck in 2016 with the whole racist card and stuff, you know, like whatever. But I don't know if he's ever called us racist, but I think that's what he's trying to say with like, <laughs> anyways, I am very chill. I have super tolerance for people who don't believe the same as I, I really don't care. And I, and I've proven <laughs> that now with many endeavors I've done, it's just, that doesn't bother me, but he uh, does not like our politics and he's shown there's a whole efap stream i have on my channel where he like totally does not understand the the freedom of the press and the first amendment and he's canadian and well, he's, uh, well, that, it's oh, bad that, right. it's pretty yeah, that's bad pretty, that's already bad being canadian is already bad and it was just hearing this guy <laughs> speak it was like okay so i don't know how people think bigger consecrators work actually because a lot of people that are smaller like him they just don't get it and the yugu community has that bad too so you know you may mention like communities are just like in group think mm, a lot of smaller yeah. creators and, like yeah. the YouTube community think the same they're like well why aren't these bigger creators helping us out people do know that like that's that's already leaning into like communistic route which is already pretty shitty first of all mm -hmm. in just, just general in life no one's obligated to help you with anything just in general you're not even obligated to have a good life in general growing up and the fact that people i this is what i find weird about him and other people that that you mentioned so you already don't like this guy Yet you want to use them for their bigger platform to promote your book. <laughs> which is the literal definition oh. of clout chasing, right? Oh, yes, yes. So mm -hmm. look, I, I just find that so weird. You don't like this person. You fairly clearly don't. You think they're bad for the industry. You think they're bad for this movement. But you want to go on their show and promote your book. My brain is just exploding. Do you know that the, the most... Um, disgusting thing about uh larry and his surrounding parts and Sorry. antarctic press um no it was the ben dunn campaign mm. so ben dunn posted it was like a couple months ago maybe like two months ago or so um yeah no yeah three three months ago maybe um ben dunn is the owner of antarctic press and they publish a lot of indie stuff and uh he's a creator himself and he posted that kickstarter rejected his campaign for sexualization of a minor 
and <laughs> just just you wait and listen to this story and uh see how larry fits into this so um and it like ben was the dumbass that posted it okay but they they actually larry went on his channel and they were blaming me for false flagging which is impossible um when the your campaign is in review for kickstarter the only person that can see it is the creator so ben dunn would have been the only one that could see it then when kickstarter rejected it ben dunn took a screenshot of saying them saying this campaign violates our policies for sexualization of a minor and then he posted that on his facebook like that was smart and so he was i guess trying to rally up for his tomorrow girl campaign which the character was is 16 i think they've changed that now all of a sudden there was a yeah and there's pictures that um are like her shirts up her panties are showing like and she actually looks more like four or five years old not 16. so and this was the second tomorrow girl campaign so when you mm -hmm. get a kickstarter campaign you can go in and edit the graphics after yeah, it's approved so i think yeah. i think that's what happened and then it was the second campaign that got rejected and i tweeted about this because the graphics are gross it's obviously sexualization of a minor and yeah. Ben Dunn had oh, to correct yeah. that to get it approved. And my tweet like blew up and my Facebook post blew up and they got mad and see Antarctic Press is Larry's publisher. And Larry defended mm -hmm. the Ben Dunn campaign. He defended the content that got rejected for sexualization of a minor and said it was fine, said it was totally cool. He even had multiple streams about it saying, oh, like basically just uh, just say mm -hmm. that she's 18 and it's fine. And he just, <laughs> yeah. So um, they're sitting over there. I, it's, this, it's the circle of people that don't like me are either very radically intolerant left, not believe like men are women and stuff. Um, <laughs> the, they love the their chicks with defend, dicks. The people who defend the Ben Dunn stuff, which I do not promote content mm -hmm. of any kind of sexualization of a minor. I think that's uh, heinous and inhumane and uh, needs mm -hmm. to be ostracize um and mm -hmm. uh the other people that don't like me are anybody like really surrounding ethan because ethan doesn't like me so those uh, now 10 years and the test of time has shown mm -hmm. those are the like the main heads that i butt i i butted heads with bleeding cool and like rich johnson then i went and mm -hmm. i butted heads with ethan and then i went and i butted heads with larry who's <laughs> now sitting here defending the sexualization of a minor on the Ben Dunn mm -hmm. campaign. So those are my enemies. There's a saying that goes, show me your friends and I'll show you what kind of person you are. That just shows you right there what kind of person that kind of people that we are, my husband and I. We don't get along with the people who are trying to cancel everybody mm -hmm. in the Whisper Network. We don't get along with Ethan and his three-year books with because my details take three my years quality my details because my quality my quality my lateness I hope people don't life. understand what you just brought what you just brought up there. If people don't know, we know these guys can go go to school, but and they don't have they also don't have a job either. Guys, years mm -hmm. are 365 days, okay? And there's 24 hours in a day. Now, some of these guys don't go to a job, a regular nine to five, okay? They just take care of kids. Now I get it. Taking care of kids is very hard. I, I understand that. But if you just remove the job aspect from it and you just take care of the kids, there's a lot of hours in the day to get stuff done. Graham Nolan, who obviously, as you know, does the Monster Hunter stuff. He's obviously Debane and all that stuff. He literally said it does not take three years to get this stuff done. Keep in mind, people, that is someone that created one of the most legendary Batman villains ever. This is a guy that has not had campaigns late at all. Like, just in general, this stuff does not take three years to get done. That is 
way too long to have the campaign go that long, which is being unfulfilled. Now, I understand things happen. I get it. You know, printers could have an issue fulfillment. I understand it. But that could be somewhere along the lines of like, oh, oh, maybe that this is like, you know, a six months. I'm, I'm willing to give like grace periods. Like six months, I think it's okay. I think it's fine given, you know, printers and fulfillment. Years? Come on. Like, you got to start calling. Like, fuck that, man. I'm not going to. No one would accept that in their real life. I'm not about to just accept that here. I get it. Yeah. Delays are fine. It is unacceptable. Like, if you're, you're a you're in right. the family, Do the I would understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're a death mm-hmm. in the family, that's okay. That's, that's fine. If, if something got delayed in the ship, cause you know, post offices that they're, they're just pieces of shit themselves. They'll just miss use packages, throw them in certain areas. Your stuff could fly all types of shit. So that's why I would say like, you know, three to six months. Okay. That's enough for lateness, but it's like two years, three years and four years too. Mm-hmm. Three, you know, and now check this out. Check this out. So, um, <laughs> the details is the excuse, but um, so boobs was supposed to be. It actually launched as a um boobs one back in 2020 as a um what's the word? Uh, fundraiser. Like it was supposed to. It wasn't. It hadn't been done yet. I created a a cover, and we had a like two variant covers, and we put it up on the website. Excuse me, I like swallowed funny or something um we put it up on the website and we were trying to raise funds for indie crowdfund because it was like a free speech platform never mind i got demonetized after that for a second on facebook for running a free speech ad it was very political in 2020 if you don't remember you know and so there was all that going on in the background which was really kind of weird uh but we were we have always for 10 years been about promoting indie guys and like freedom creative freedom and having creative freedom that's part of why we get so much hate but um oh yeah boobs was a fundraiser for that and i knew a retailer in vegas and um i've been friends with a few retailers over the years who have bought my stuff and he was gonna buy a thousand copies which was awesome but um the funding yeah it was it was there was money and that money was gonna fund boobs but then the funding fell through after the fact and then we decided we were getting trolled and uh we decided not to pursue any crowdfund and just cut our losses there so here i was with boobs one that people had ordered not even very many people either there was like 28 backers or something plus the retailer or something i don't remember the exact number and yet and i was pregnant i'd when i launched the campaign i didn't know i was pregnant and then in the camp during the campaign for 30 days or whatever i found out i was pregnant and two years later, I came out with Boobs uh, 1, and I launched it on Kickstarter. And we made uh, like 27, 28 grand. So I had, had just had a baby. I had no funding. I did it with like $0 because the funding fell through from the retailer. And um, I homeschooled two kids, and I helped run a business in work. So um, I did all of that, and I still drew the book of 36 pages and and like 10 covers and launched it <laughs> so what's ethan's excuse there's another guy we had on a show his name is uh nick garber he had a stroke mm-hmm. and even when he was oh, on the cool. hospital yeah and he was, yes. and he was in the hot remember how you, put, you probably know the story too remember he, was, he had a stroke mm-hmm. and he was in the hospital bed and he already says his wife would bring him stuff for their website because you know he sells a lot through his website and stuff like that so He's literally had it. He has had a stroke. He's probably cracked out on medicine. His wife is putting yeah. pages for their his comic book. He's, he's like, okay, I'm getting guys. He literally had a stroke and yeah. he's still getting stuff done. Cracked out on medicine. There is just no excuses. Okay, 
unless I said before, something like that or a family death, okay? I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. if a guy who just had a stroke can get stuff done on a hospital bed, there is just no excuse. The reason, I, I'm pretty sure yep. you know stories like this too growing up. Like, like some very, very famous people who got very famous doing well what they did, not doing anything bad, probably nepotism somewhere along the lines, they got to where they did because they just put in so much effort. It's like, some nights mm-hmm. you're not going to get a chance to go out to a movie with a friend or play with the kids or whatever because you got to get that stuff done. It, you know what, what it says about some of these guys? They just don't want it bad enough. And then they'll bitch and moan when they don't, when they see someone else having more success, more success than them. That's all it is. They just don't want it bad enough. There's no reason books should be late, not just even from him, anybody. There's no excuse for that in any context. Yep. If you apparently want it that bad, well, just by the, the sheer nature of you loving it, you just want to do it more to get it done on time, you know? Yeah, it's it's supposed to be a passion. That's the thing with comics is that you really, mm-hmm. especially with the rates they are and all the problems in the industry that honestly, Eric July outlined pretty well, like a year mm-hmm. ago when I first kind of got introduced to him, I saw it's a video of he was outlining a lot of the problems. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Who told you? Because you haven't been here. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, and uh, but it's just it's a medium you have to love. Oh, do. the post of the crowdfunding with everyone started being thumbnail reactors. And I was like, people didn't even watch the video. I watched <laughs> it and it had, first of all, if you make a basement, not you, but like if anyone sees a YouTube thumbnail and bases what they think was in the video off a thumbnail, you are retarded beyond so much <laughs> mental capacity. You might need to literally go seek help. Why mm-hmm. in the world would you judge a video from its thumbnail? Because as people know on YouTube, you need to make a track of thumbnails people watch. That's like YouTube 101 right there. Someone mm-hmm. told me this. It was like, why would I watch that video when that thumbnail is offensive to every person in crowdfunding? It's literally what he told me. And I was like, so you didn't watch the video with brother, you didn't watch the video itself? Oh my god. I was like, dog, <laughs> bruh. So we're just basing about thumbnails now. All right, I can put a thumbnail out where I, I'm just like next to Taylor Swift and Amaranth. And I'm just like, got two white women tonight. My, my prize possessions. Yeah, in the video, <laughs> then the video is just me just fucking playing Yu-Gi-Oh or something. Bruh, my thumbnails. Yeah. In my oh, thumbnails. My. Put my details in my thumbnails. <laughs> what the hell? It's true. It, it's true. Yep, I've had a... Many a thumbnails made of of me <laughs> and my face. That, that thumbnails could offend people is beyond belief. I was like, that's why these people aren't successful at YouTube because they don't. Mm-hmm. It, what's that saying? Hate the player, don't hate the player, hate the game. It's what you got to do. Thumbnails, attractive thumbnails get people to watch. It's just literally how that works. So if you have thumbnails that attract people, you're gonna have more people that'll potentially sub to your channel and watch your videos. That's like how I'm pretty sure what everybody wants on YouTube. You know, so to speak, right? That's kind of what mm-hmm. we want. More viewers and more subs. And to have people not understand basis of this is what people don't understand about crowdfunding is just the nature of okay, let's say you had a, a another woman character you make in the future. I give you money. Well, there, 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 there's already a problem there because I don't even know if you're gonna fulfill the book. That's why people are scared of crowdfunding. I don't think people just don't want to help people out. It's more like, what if people take the money and leave and no updates and they just basically scan a bunch of people, you know? That's yeah, a big well, problem, that's too. Happened. Yeah, that's happened. Mm-hmm. That's been a big, big problem. That, uh, and that Donnie Cates campaign, I'm not remember? Pending. It was that Donnie Cates this? campaign he was on. That There's one oh. Donnie Cates campaign that he was on, never fulfilled. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Eric had a video about it. I forgot its name. But it, it, was a pro, it was a big one. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We're talking maybe five, six years late at this point now. It's like... 
Yeah, that sucks. And, you know, there's nothing much you can do about that either. The only thing that you can do is, um, like, if they're brand new, there's nothing you can do. If they're brand new to crowdfunding, there's no history. If they have done it before, you can usually go into the um, the updates in the comments and see. And anyone who wants to know anything about Comicsgate, just go to the Comicsgate, like, Kings and their campaigns. And there's hundreds of bad comments asking for refunds i have an excellent track record Mahahaha. and that <laughs> and i it's it's crazy to uh like because we came on a kickstarter and then we totally kicked ass uh mm -hmm. in uh when we launched boobs one um and then we launched boobs two we did damn near just as well the only reason we probably didn't meet exact the exact numbers it was a couple thousand lower so we had a shorter campaign and we had lower prices we lowered our books to be more affordable for people but we mm -hmm. kicked ass and i keep looking back at that like how did we do that how did we kick so much ass for a first time campaign out of the blue and the more i talk to people the more uh the many backers have been following me for like 10 years isn't that crazy? Like mm -hmm. they've seen me go through all of this. And so there's been this kind of level of like support and trust they've had through knowing me beforehand. And I think that's awesome. But um, if you're a first time creator, that's got to be a little hard because you have no history. Thankfully, I've had history. I've sold my art for many years. But and, and now you can see on my campaigns, we've fulfilled three. We have fully fulfilled three campaigns since may the only three we've run we've fulfilled them all and then we've also fulfilled october november december winter special january of comics illustrated so we have a huge track record of good fulfillment but that's hard to like do unless you put out books how did you create boobs what was the um purpose of creating boobs because as, as everyone knows you know everyone loves boobs every guy loves them <laughs> even there's there's women that love them too they like carpets actually um so you wanted a comfort you wanted a character which is boobs and I, oh, oh, so how how did you think about that essentially oh man i love that story so uh boobs is actually a double entendre it stands for the character boobs and then the mm -hmm. other half is uh boobs is another is slang for fool or mm. stupid person <laughs> so it follows the busty cosplayer as she runs into all the stupid people in the comic book industry. <laughs> That's the story of boobs. It's satire parody. It's like South Park. Okay. South Park is also okay. satire. And it makes fun of everybody. And it's it's an it's a story that mimics our own personal experiences of what we've been through. Because we just said fuck it and fuck you You're all. Villain? That's basically what happened. <laughs> Your villain character uh for boobs should be Clemento. <laughs> Clemento, I don't yeah, know. If, if anybody knows what that, so Clemento is that it's a very he's a very big French streamer on Twitch. <laughs> Clemento <laughs> means pussy or camel toe in French. <laughs> the thing sounds funny. Yeah, because you know on Twitch what? you gotta show your camel toe if you want to be uh, famous on there. So if you ever hang on one second, there's a baby emergency. Let me tune in. To, I'm being asked to tune in. One second. You're fine. So, yeah, if anyone uh, wants to have a villain character named Clemento, you know, then you're good, honestly. Uh, Renowned Zero, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? He says, my detractors, you have Eric in the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, like, I've never understood that with people, you know? I I've never understood, like, hey, this 
freaking thumbnail looks like this. So I'm going to just like, you know, not actually, you know, watch what's in the video to hear and understand what this person is saying. Title, Crazy Frogman Follower Melts Down Over Sasuke Sisters Having Fun. Yeah, man. It's so crazy how people will simply just not even watch the content of the video and then somehow think they know your position on something. That like that's just so cringe to me, you know? I I just don't get it when it comes to uh, you know, people like that. I just don't get it honestly. Ugh, Sorry. Lord. Sorry about that's that. Okay. I had to help the baby. Uh sometimes that's mom okay. duty calls. Yeah. Um, you asked boobs. The origin story is actually, I have to thank Larry for that. Um, oh, Lord, good old <laughs> Canadian trailer park, Larry. <laughs> My husband had, uh, it was around the time of indie crowd fun, right before we got trolled. And it's probably the reason, like the catalyst that the trolling happened from Larry's direction. But, um, Mike and him were talking, they were, we were talking about crowdfunding overall and like the state of the industry, you know, same thing everybody talks about all the time. Um, and my husband said something like, if you're, if you have 200 backers on Kickstarter, like you're a nobody, you're cute. And, um, he didn't mean that in such like, if you're insulted by that, you got to kind of like get over it. You know what that means? He, what he meant was in compared to the, uh, tens of thousands of copies sold mm -hmm in retail and mainstream the whole thing that we found out with these indie guys that are crowdfunding and never deliver and stuff like that mm -hmm. um or some that do deliver is that they hate retailers we didn't know that they had some deep hatred for brick and mortars and retailers and they wanted them all to go out of business and we didn't know that and we're like pro small business most of the time and support your local comic shop kind of thing because we were that local comic shop. So there was this kind of like just debate happening. And he was, my husband was trying to get across the point that you're, you're getting your start on Kickstarter. That's what Kickstarter was meant for. But you're not like, we were joked, like you can't like call in a butler yet. Like there's a lot of progress needed to be made. Well, Larry got really offended by that. And Larry started attacking him. And he still to this day calls like the Wheeler scale if he's cute. And he counts how many backers up to 200 based on what Mike said. And it's been like three and a half years. And he still goes on about it because he has a little crush on us, I guess. Um, but uh, Mike said, I could, I could put out a book called Boobs and Outsell Your Dumbass. Quote. <laughs> and so here we are. <laughs> you know, I probably should definitely. I need to definitely follow you guys on Twitter because there's too much juicy drama surrounding this. So there's a it's so now fun. we have to get the newest story. So the newest story happened where people saw the back of your head arguing with another person. So <laughs> now then again, yeah, that that is probably going to get clipped out and meant in oh, totally different context than what I just said exactly at that moment. But um, <laughs> and the so, showrunner, the showrunner kicked us out of a show. Yeah, this little small so guy. And when you posted that video on Twitter, I just I looked at it. I, I at first initially thought you guys like punched. Most of you watch this video, someone's getting punched and thrown around or something like that. So it's like Black Friday. We were like, ah. <laughs> so I watched this video and it's you guys are just basically arguing with someone over some drama you have with them on Facebook, and they like apparently had blocked you. And they tried to basically make sure you don't attend the event because you made get this everyone. Posts on social media. They didn't kill anybody. They, they, they didn't do that map bullshit that these other guys are on, these other campaigns, and it's anything racist, so to speak. You know, 
It's just, hey, I made posts on social media. I don't agree with it. I must ban this person for life. It's literally what happened. So fucking yep. cringe. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's that's the problem in the industry. And there's so much, like, it's like the people have just never had a real job. Same thing. Then there's been mm. no accountability and with the industry, everyone just does everything they think they can do. Exactly. So this showrunner, uh, Mike, had applied for Comics Illustrated <clears throat> months ago, and they were a local show. So that's the only reason we applied. They're really small. It's honestly the smallest show I've ever been to. Um, so it's like, this guy's not very like big or well-known. It was just local, and it was recommended. So we were like, yeah, we'll do a local show. Okay. Um, and Mike contacted the showrunner, and I had been trying to contact them actually for a year. Couldn't get a hold of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was for Comics Illustrated. And uh, he sent uh, Brian Grabinski's the showrunner's name. My, my husband, Mike, sent him a free PDF. They were talking. And um, after he got the free PDF, Brian just blocked Mike with no explanation. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we did get a rejection email saying, no, you're not uh, accepted to the show or whatever. Mm -hmm. But but Mike was like, what? You know, why would you block? What? We were just having a fine conversation. Then out of blue, you block someone. So he made a post uh, a couple days before we actually went to the show. No one told us we weren't we weren't allowed at the show because how were we supposed to know? They blocked us like or they blocked mm -hmm. Mike. They hadn't blocked me yet. And mm -hmm. Mike said. I explained what happened and he said dipshit blocked me and then this happened you know i and that was it and he posted a screenshot and uh because of that post then the show page blocked him and we were like but we still knew people at the show we actually bought tickets and we went then on our way out walking out of the show as i'm actually signing a book for a fan which is really cool mm -hmm. he's super awesome um we got kicked out of the show because the showrunner was offended by the post yes and then uh, after about that, his own actions. Yeah. Like, and, and, and he said in person, I have a recording of him admitting it three times. He admits to calling C2E2 because we already have a, a table yeah. booked for that show. And we, mm -hmm. when you have, we have a contract and he said that he got us banned from C2E2 also in addition to kicking us out of his show, which we were already leaving, because he got offended over Mike's Facebook post that Mike said that the showrunner blocked him, which he did. And he says, yeah, I blocked you. And I have, like, the word for word it goes, I'm talking to him, and I go, so you got us banned. And he says, I did. From C2E2, because you got offended by a Facebook post from Mike. And, and so, yeah, so, yes, that's exactly what happened. People are snowflakey, soft, baby soft, dumb, just cringe <laughs> that something like that matters. Dude, you're running a show. Why do you care? Like when you run a business, you're going to have some bad reviews. You're going to have people who don't agree with everything you do. You can't go track them down in real life. And be like, I didn't like your face. Go straight out of here. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> and then and and I will file a lawsuit on that dude too. If our if C2E2 cancels us and you know, because that's tortious interference going around trying to trying to screw yeah, you with could our sue for um loss of damages, right? Or loss it's like loss of wages, loss of damages, something like that. Um, I believe that's part of tortious interference. Yes, it's it's yeah. the money we would have lost from going at the show and all that. All that, yeah. But tortious interference is the term when mm -hmm. you maliciously and you know in 
and you do it with the intent of being malicious. You go, which he did. He went and said, because I didn't like them, I'm going to go cancel them and get them canceled out of C2E2 because I didn't like this and I don't like them. That's that's interfering with someone else's contract, a third-party contract. That's tortious interference. So uh, thankfully, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this guy just has big pants. Um, he thinks he's a Doberman when he's a little chihuahua, you know, or chihuahua, however you say it. And he's just barking like, he mean, like he's important. But I don't think anybody really cares. Um, I haven't gotten any cancellation. So I think the show plan will continue. To And C2E2, as far as I know, are real professionals. Like the big shows, like San Diego and stuff. Uh, San Diego I, and WonderCon especially, they, I, they're the same people. They run their shows really professionally. They're, they're real jobs. You can call them on the phone today. Like, because they manage hundreds of thousands of people. This guy had, like, maybe a thousand people at his show. There's a big difference in professionalism. So, mm -hmm. uh, the C2E2, the Read Pop shows, they're all a corporation. So, like, I, I think the the kind of BS cancel culture stuff happens on the small, with a lot with these showrunners, so small guys, like this Brian guy, because they can they can be like, just get out of my show. I don't like your Facebook post, man, and spurg out. But <laughs> but C2E2 is a large corporation. They get a lot of money from people. So I don't think that they care what Brian has to say. But I don't know because I haven't heard anything. So but this is how the this is how crappy and retarded this industry is. So, yeah. So starting even from your life growing up, problems with the family, went to be a comic book artist, you had problems <laughs> with the mainstream, you know, as you were married. And you try to get to any comic space when it comes to comics. You had problems there. You had problems mm -hmm. with the um, other little minor fractions within indie comic space. And then now it's gotten to a point where you're getting kicked out of actual spaces where indie comic creators go to to meet people, sell their products, actually. Because that's the one thing that I've talked to other people about. It's like for people to really get out there and get, say, big, so to speak, you got to have to talk to people. Maybe give someone mm -hmm. a free book because they let whatever it may, it may be, you know, like actually being what's the, the door to door salesman, you know, have you ever contemplated like being yeah. out of your local Walmart and just selling your book actually out of the local Home Depot? <laughs> I'm saying it could work. You can't get, you can't get kicked out. I would totally do that. Has. But it's, if it wasn't called boobs, I would totally do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I want to ask you too. Because in, in Yu-Gi-Oh, I used to ask this question to like the girls that have come on. So since you're a lady in this stuff, huh, how to... <laughs> uh, so in Yu-Gi-Oh, a lot of guys will go out of the way to message women. Really, really weird stuff. Clearly, obviously, like trying to hit on them. Have you gotten random DMs from dudes trying to hit on you throughout the years? Mm -hmm. Any like crazy yeah. like stalker stories? Actually, I pretty oh my husband probably break their necks. <laughs> I hope they don't ever try that. Yeah, they. I mean, there's no. Well, you know, um, there have been some weird things. Larry is by far the biggest person I would call an actual stalker that he like stalks mm -hmm. what we do. He lives in Canada. If he he would I would consider stalker and harass a harasser. But he is the only one that's gotten to that level in my face. Um, maybe in DMs I have other stalkers that I, you mm -hmm. know, I'm sure I do. But they don't actually talk to my face so much. Uh, but mm -hmm. as far as fans, um, yeah, I've gotten weird messages. And then there was one time at uh, San Diego, actually, that was kind of weird. Um, it was a guy that came up to my booth and my husband had gone somewhere else. And I, this is why I don't actually travel uh, alone to shows. I always take my husband. Um, that's just a safety thing. Um, 
and uh, he was talking to me about a commission or something, and it was just like a normal conversation. And he mentioned something about like he was going to go downstairs and get drinks at a bar or something like that. I don't remember exactly. And I was like, okay, cool. I never agreed. I never said anything agreed to go with him. Okay. And then when my husband came back, it was really weird. And, and the guy, he said something and it was like he, his intention was to upset my husband. And he said something like your wife and I will, I'll see her at the bar later or something like that. As if, as if it, like in his head, he had made up some story that Didn't I had agreed like to go out with Did you think you're like a swinger or something? <laughs> yeah, maybe it was really weird. And and my the husband that looked at me and I was like, I did not the... say that. <laughs> it was like surprise. I've had, you know, I've actually had that happen. I had uh, before comics. So mm -hmm. I could see the whole surprise thing. I had one guy that uh, was offering me a job as a graphic designer. And then I showed up at the coffee place for the job and he had a rose on the table and it was a surprise date that I never agreed to go on. So there, it was like that. It was like surprise. <laughs> what? You know, there's, so that, that that's why I think there's <laughs> that's why I don't think there's women a lot in the space. You know, it's just a natural thing for people to be like, well, why is this X group not here? And what I've come to realize is not well, people understand women aren't really into the stuff as much as dudes are. It's already they're already kind of like a minority in it. And yeah. then you have guys that'll kind of like creep on them when they come in because you know if they're like the only girl and they're like somewhat attractive, <laughs> then they'll just not just lower their standards, it's like this is what guys do in general. You know, there's only one girl here and there's nine of us. Hey, if I go first, I might have a best shot. People are just fucking weird. <laughs> they so, are. You told a story you on know. your uh, you told you told you told a story on your show where like back when you were like single before you were married, you like turned on a bunch of dudes and they would get mad at you. Why are you so <laughs> mean? God. And, and if you turn down black guys, that's even better. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I was I turned away a lot of guys. Um, I just wanted to give you a just... great drink. Oh, oh man that just people men lacked a spine that was mm -hmm. yeah that was the moral of my story when i was dating men just didn't have any spine the whole mm -hmm. it's just a weird world we live in and so yeah i i didn't mean to but i definitely like poked fun of men sometimes mm -hmm. at bars because like just okay i'm sorry like yeah they, like if they were just spineless i don't know i didn't mean to i didn't mean to um just men are weak. Some some men are really weak in this day and age. I don't you know what else the to say. The more masculine, the better, right? Yes, I'm definitely a more yes. Like my husband is very masculine. That's part of the reason why they knight don't like shining him. armor. Yeah. So if someone like yeah. were to like because in the video that you guys showed, the cop like yell at you for no reason whatsoever because just asking yes. questions. The cop like told you to shut the hell up, and he was like, "Don't talk to my wife like that." I was like, "That's you know a lot of guys." I'll say this right now, guys. A lot of guys would have said anything. They'd have just been like, "Oh, yeah." You know, that's right. Those moments right there show when someone's really for you, if that makes sense. You know, there's always those yeah. moments. There's always those moments where you'll know if someone's really your friend or not or spouse or not when they have when people stand up for each other. You know, I thought that was really cool. Honestly, I was like, OK, he's pretty base. I initially thought he was black. He founded black. <laughs> that's cool. You're not the first person that I that said that. And I doesn't thought, sound, oh, is, is he like is your husband? Uh, Mike, yes, sometimes is he um like Indian or something? No, he's just uh, he's just Caucasian. No, you know, that's already dangerous. He's just he's just that's, that's why that's why people have problems with you. Caucasian married kids living the American dream. That that's problems now. Obviously nowadays, see that's that's where you draw the line of having a normal life and you know having your kids learn about gay bag shit.
at school. Yeah. That's not a good thing, yeah. actually. Hey, that's what yeah, I want on my comic top. books. That's what I want my comic mm-hmm. books. Yeah, I want to go to Wednesday comic book store, at, store and, you know, read about a character sucking dick. Yep, yep. Oh, can I get the books where he just sucks cock? <laughs> Someone told me that, I'd be like, get that, get out. Just get out. <laughs> that mean the black guy. Just get out. Nope. No. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and people don't realize there was already, like, LGBT content in comic books. Don't tell them that. They'll blow, you'll blow their mind. Any, oh. <laughs> they don't understand anything about the stuff. I know. It's sad. The whole sexualization of children is something I'm very strongly against. So mm-hmm. any kind of sexual content whatsoever does not belong in schools for the kids. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I will die on that hill. That's not appropriate at all. But it's funny that it's freaking Larry and all these people <laughs> defending that stuff. And no, it's not okay. That's part of the reason the society is just trash right now, is all that. So, yeah. But uh, that's funny. The cop did yell at my face. Yes, he yelled right in my face. He got right here. Um, and uh, someone pointed out they think that maybe he interrupted. Um, I, was, I was talking to Brian. About and that's when I said the I said you got us banned. He said I did. I said from C two E two because you got offended over Mike's Facebook post, and that was the third time he admitted it. But still, uh, I was sitting there talking. My body language is turned towards Brian, and the cop tried to say later that I interrupted the cop. I interrupted him, which is why he yelled at me, which is not even true. If you watch the video, I'm staring at Brian, and Brian is talking to me. We're talking to each other, and then the cop. Uh, interrupted me and got in my face and said, we'll talk about that later. And it's like top of his lungs and his face is right here. I, I have this little image in my mind of his beady little eyes. Just like, that's all I could see was his two eyes in my vision. Um, but they think maybe he interrupted me because they were trying to stop Brian from talking anymore because it was incriminating. That's a, that's an interesting theory because he was admitting to calling C2E2 and getting us banned. So maybe that's why. Um, Michael said, what's a weak man in her opinion? And what's a strong masculine trait in her opinion? Drawing comic books. The bigger the book, the better. (laughs) Uh, My husband is a master at just very clearly being committed to what's right and wrong and being not afraid to call it what's wrong. So, like, hey, that's wrong. No. Just no. And not letting anybody try to step on him, um, you know, and try to convince him of anything else. Like, just no, that's just wrong. And that's like the Ben Dunn campaign. That actually happened to us today. We had someone who was kind of like, well, maybe you shouldn't, uh, you know, I don't know, Antarctic Press, because they were thinking of, uh, well, they had a made some sponsorship agreement with Antarctic Press for their venture. And um we were like, no, we don't support Antarctic Press uh, because of the Ben Dunn campaign. They've, the, they've published that questionable content. We don't approve of it. We stay clear of Antarctic Press. We want nothing to do with them. And we don't want to be associated with that. Sorry. And, you know, the person who's a, a decent person, I don't have beef with them, but here's the line. Here's the line. So they were like, well, do they really, does Ben Dunn and Antarctic really, um, should they be shunned because of one book? And the answer is like, yes. Yes, I don't want anything to do with pedophilia content or anyone that puts it out. That's the line. There's just very clear no. And yeah. you can throw money 
all you want around, but the answer's no. So that's a masculine trait in in my eyes and a respectable trait. My husband was, you know, very clear on that. There's no confusion. It's no. Sorry. No, I will not support it. Sorry, I don't want anything to do with it. No. Well, you know, sponsorship money? No. No, sorry. Money doesn't come in front of the safety of children. That's what traffickers think. <laughs> that's that's the same logic that a trafficker uses, that money is more important than the safety of children. No, absolutely not. So that's masculine in, in my perspective, because a lot of men will uh, try to play the fence on stuff like that. And it's just no. If I want a man, I want a man to be strong and back me up because I'm strong enough to say no also. And that's where I started to kind of like bully people at the bars, which I didn't mean to, because it was just so obvious for me. I'd be like, no. They'd say, well, would you do this? No. And I just was very unwavering. Like, no, that's wrong. I want to do the right things. I don't want anything to do with the wrong things. Something like that with sexualization of children is, is dead wrong. There's no gray area. No. And a wishy-washy guy who wasn't masculine would probably be like, oh, well, maybe. No, there's no conditional. That's my personal view. And so my husband was masculine in that moment. And that's something that I look would look. Obviously, I married him. But yes, that was very attractive to me that he can just say no, not wavering on that. No, because ultimately for a woman, for a woman, um, our legacy is uh, having children. I don't care what anybody says, feminists or not. Uh, having children is the best thing that I think a woman could ever do. Is so fulfilling. Don't, it's tell, like our don't tell them that. Oh, you know, no. you know what happened last no. year. I, I think it reached peak <laughs> degenerate retardation when they uh, they actually somehow correlated being a housewife, being a slave, and I was like, Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, and I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> I think men and women complement each other very well. And you actually, so, so the masculine trait comes in because it's, uh, I want a man to protect me and my children. It's like, it's just natural. That's a natural instinct. So the fact my husband would say something like that, I'm like, yep, that's the man I married. That's my husband right there. But see, the thing that I think is degrading about our society is they've crept into the minds of women to poison the thought process that being at home and protecting your children is bad. But with no one to protect the children and the men off working and the women off working, guess what that's done? That's left institutions like the public schools to uh, then pry themselves into your children's lives who are now vulnerable because both mom and dad are busy now. So I believe that they're like the mother is good being real close to protecting the children. And then the, the husband should be another layer on top of all of them that protects all of them. That's a strong family unit. And those are my those are my beliefs. So masculinity equates to good father, basically good father to my children, mm -hmm. someone who is protective, who would like, protect me. Because like, why do you think women are so mentally messed up in the head? Do you think it's because they just have no mm. father figure or parental figure in their lives? You want to hear a, a secret? A um, secret. So this mm. is this is a view that you won't hear, except I'm the only one that I've ever heard say it, um, because it's my own personal view that mm. I've I got from reading science textbooks and studies up in Canada about 15 or so years ago, mm -hmm. um, that have been like erased now <laughs> off of the internet and everyone replaced by. Planned Parenthood propaganda that says the procedure <laughs> is safe. Actually, abortion is extremely damaging 
mentally and physically, um, it causes, uh, it can cause breast cancer, actually. It causes the same um, complications that the doctors used to justify it in the first place. It causes mental issues. It causes substance abuse. Um, and they're repeat customers. So the same, uh, like something like 60% of women actually regret it. But then the thing is the women get them again because they're so damaged. It's, it's, it's like the most inhumane procedure, you know, like the transgender surgery where it feels like they're lying to them and they're just enabling it for money. Right. Well, yeah. I think this is what abortion has been for longer. I think it's the most, one of the most inhumane, abusive practices of women, and it destroys them um, in many ways, physically and mentally. And, and to have a baby, I know because I've had a miscarriage. But to have it just leave your body, that absence, and then robbing your body of the hormones that your body needs to regulate, um, that this is part of the main reason that women get pregnant again and are repeat offenders of abortion. Because they actually, they, it's like they've lost, they're trying to replace that baby. And they do. So it's very sad. So So abortion is basically a predatory practice that thrives off of the suffering of women who have lost their children. It's really, really messed up. And then they go and get pregnant again. But usually the economic factors are the same. So they they cry. You know, they I can't have this again. I'm with the same crappy boyfriend. I have no money. And then they go get it again and again and again. And it's very, very sad. And um, people don't realize this. Women are just really emotionally driven, you know. So if you have something like that happen to you, it's just such a traumatic thing that a lot of people, there's bad comfort and there's good comfort, you know. And some of these women, like, man, they've had such I don't say horrible lives to a point where, you know, so have you read some of the studies where it's not even that the, some of these girls even have no parents. Some of these are reg, you would say regular put together people. Like you, you, cause you usually would think it's the more like fringe ones without parents, without any guidance that would have that episode. But no, it's sometimes it's just, I don't know <laughs> what situations happen like that to make women do those kind of things just blows my mind, honestly. There's there's another element to it. I love reading. I love reading and I love neuroscience. Well, I'm kind well, of a science don't nerd. I don't do that. CNN told me I can't do that. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so there's another book. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to damaged women, I think liberalism, the whole very radical leftist agenda is very um, destructive to women. And it's very much corrupted their view of the world. It's demonized men. Um, they're sitting there getting abortions, which is totally now messing with their whole hormonal system of their body for like years. Um, and it, like they're they're making crazy women, basically. So uh, so I feel uh, like I have to say that it's not the gender itself. Like a, because someone is a woman does not mean that you're crazy. But um messing with your hormones through abortion, getting involved in the leftist way of thinking that men are evil and then distorting your worldview. Cause I think women are actually naturally naive and that's, that's part of what allures men to us, but it's, it's our weakness where we're a little gullible. So then, so then you've had this whole generation of women that's been just brainwashed into these horrible practices that are very actually anti-women and anti-children and they don't even realize it. And um, one of the biggest uh, reasons for teen pregnancy actually is um, so interesting. You won't guess. You won't guess. It's well, there, well, there is an abortion thing that you can't really bring up, but I can because, you know, just mm -hmm. how race works. Do people actually know the number one aborted race of a kid in America is actually black babies? 
Yeah. That's something that yeah. I did go through. Yeah. Black kids are mm-hmm. the actual, are the most aborted race of baby in America. I think that was a statistic from about two, three years ago. So, you know, could have obviously changed mm-hmm. things. You bring that well, up on here. You say, hey, the yep. most aborted baby is a black kid. They're like, rah, rah, get the pitchforks. Get the white. Are you wearing a white robe? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what? What? It was it was uh, invented. I forget the name of the lady, but the people that started coming out with birth control and the um, I think she partnered up with Planned Parenthood in its inception. I forget, but they were like eugenicists, so mm-hmm. they believed like they're racist. That is basically so. That was intentional for them. Mm-hmm. I think from the beginning that they wanted to target the black race. And if you go back in history, I love history too. Sorry. Um, there's a lot of racism. So um, you can like trace it back. And there's a lot of eugenicists. Like, you know, the movie, The Greatest Showman? Do you know I, that I've movie? heard of it. You I'll, know I'll the greatest show? Mm-hmm. P.T. Barnum uh, came mm-hmm. out uh, many, like many years ago, like 10 years ago. But that dude who's dancing on the stage on Netflix actually really liked the movie. But mm-hmm. uh, he was putting black people in cages in real life. There was a whole. <laughs> Yeah, there was a whole zoologist strain. I know all these kinds of weird stuff um, that, yeah, they went around and they showcased black people because they said that um, they were closest to apes and therefore less evolved. You can trace all this stuff back and it's very racist. Like, I agree that there's been a racist vein in uh, just not America, but just like the world at large in many areas against black people. And I I don't like that at all. Um, But yeah, and it, it, it ties into Planned Parenthood. And uh, abortion and all Kaiser that. Kaiser Permanente. Just like, it's just Did you hear about the stuff with Kaiser Permanente and the whole trancing of kids? Or they were, oh my God, holy crap. No. Thank God people got rid of that. You should look into that, the history of Kaiser Permanente. They, they had some interesting you things. You have to spell that out or send it to me later because I love history. I'd love to know. I've been working on a documentary actually about this kind of stuff, about the education system and all kinds of stuff like that for a few years since 2020. I, if I ever finish it, we'll see. But it's I've got like an hour, a solid hour of interesting film um, that I think <laughs> people need to see sooner or later. So we'll see. But yeah, it's just a lot of gross stuff. I think a lot of the, the leftist agenda is um, just meant to destroy, especially the family unit. And who's the first person to maintain the family unit is the woman and the mother above right. the children. Mm-hmm. So you destroy women, and I think that's exactly how it's happened. Even with technology, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you watched the um? There's this video that Tucker Carlson did with um. What's the guy? What's the crazy guy's name? Alex Jones. Where there's a lot of things oh. that he was saying. Actually, even if you don't agree with Alex Jones or anybody, if you watch that episode, there is very eye-opening stuff there. Where like it's not that this is random. You know, people always say it's around this year, this time. That's not random. That was calculated by other people to do this because. Essentially, from what mm. I've seen through a lot of stuff, you've probably heard of it, they want to legitimately get rid of people because they find us kind of very archaic. They want to get a new body of people in. Women that hate men that will, you know, marry each other. And people that realize if women marry each other, well, he can't have kids, right? And, that, and that's the thing, though, is that's the reason why they want this lettuce, bacon, tomato people to exist. Because they can't actually grow their community. They can't because they can't have kids. You can't mm-hmm. actually have a new yeah. generation of gay people unless you have kids, and they can't have kids, so they'll take yours, actually. You know, why have your own kids when they can just mm-hmm. take other people's, honestly? And why do they want kids? They're impressionable. They're stupid. They're so, kids are not smart. Just in general, for the most part, they're not smart. They're a little self-aware, but they're not smart at things, obviously. And like you said before earlier, 
people know that and they can use it to their advantage and they get gullible naive kids with no parental figures to start believing in all this nonsense then by the time the kid gets older and realizes they just fucked up their entire life it's over you might have already cut off your dick or you may have turned off every woman in your life by your feminist bullshit they're not gonna marry you with a 10-foot pole you're the one spouting oh i love women i must get on my knees for them and and sir knight them and fuck them it's like what the fuck <laughs> talking about that weird shit you know yeah uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The more vulnerable, or maybe you the spent more, all your um, money on OnlyFans, and then, then you're broke. <laughs> hey, this internet woman will will treat me better. That internet woman don't give a fuck about you. Actually, I don't know you exist. Honestly, yeah, I know you. Yeah, it's yeah. No, I totally agree with all that. I feel I feel bad for men that um, are in the dating pool. I also feel bad for women because there's a lot of weird men, and now they got men wanting to. And see, this is the thing. This is the result. Now you mm. have men who you who have like mental issues um who now want to dress up as women who like aren't even are the farthest thing from like the what a gay person would would have been 20 30 years ago they're like this mm -hmm. brand new wave that that even the lgb community disassociated with the TQ alphabet people. And now you have them coming into women's bathrooms, wanting to compete with them. Like, this is just, no, where's the men that are supposed to protect the women? That's where the masculinity comes in. So I feel bad for men, but I see also it's generated, and I'm sure, I'm sure, understandably so, it's generally, generated a um, spark of hate against women. And I think that there's a, a misunderstanding that they think that women are inherently bad. And I don't think so at all. I think that we're just, uh, women are just naive. And we've been indoctrinated by all this trash to think men are evil. And then we blame, you're evil, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm -hmm. we have abortions, then we go crazy. And it's sad. But it's but it's not the fault of the gender any more than it's just that they're naive, like, like a child. So I... I want to make that distinction. That's something I see in the world a lot where they're like, oh, women are trash. And yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of women are trash. But inherently, like, I don't think women are I think they mean modern trash. women are trash. Like, modern women are, modern are pretty women, terrible. Yeah. I, 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 no. you know, if people know, I don't care if I date. It really doesn't matter to me. I'm mostly sitting in my house and do fucking shows like this and play games. When I went on Tinder, just because I, I was messing around, sometimes I get really bored and I just do stuff. If you go through some of these profiles, I shit people not. There is pronouns in every bio, um, essentially. Their their profiles are like pronouns, activists. I I support full feminism, and I'm, I'm always like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> not on that one. Constantly. Yeah. That's, oh, another thing they do that, and oh, I was actually raised left, very left. Mm. Um. Um. So I think I understand it too from the inside out because, like, I've been through it. I went up, and that's why I didn't get along with my family. Because I, there's just like something in me that was like just naturally more conservative, and we always butted heads. And then when I got older, yeah. we so I imagine just... family dinners are like, "Hey, how about that election?" <laughs> I don't even talk to them anymore. That's how bad it is. I haven't talked really? to them in like ten years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's fine. I it's just much better this way. Trust me. But um, I remember like, the values. I don't actually care to talk about like to family. I. I I don't have this thing where like other people did growing up where just because it's my family, I'm going to treat you differently. It's like, no, if you're, yes, the blood connection is a little, <laughs> a little different, but I treat people the same. I could make a family out of someone I don't even know or not blood connected to, right? I don't just give family benefit of the doubt just because you're like family. That's just so cringe, honestly. And this case is not wrong. I, yeah. When I see activists, 
feminism, feminist, and pronouns, that's an instant L. Nope, not doing it. And it's also yeah. crazy though. All those women are really high. All of them are attractive. All of them are good looking. It's always the fucking good looking ones believing in horse shit. It's like, bruh, what the hell? And you know, what the hell? Here's, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Here's another aspect to it. Um, too that you say why are women always crazy so this is crazy how this this plays out mm -hmm. um when you're raised very left you're taught that the le the less clothes you wear the more empowered you are and that is just a dangerous uh formula every woman knows that's been through some shit um knows that when you dress like that you're going to attract the worst men so then what the the feminist sort of agenda does is that they tell the women oh all men are bad look at how they treat you and then they go like then even like encourage them like oh yeah you can totally go to a man's apartment with wearing no clothes drunk and if he hits on you then it's like and they'll blame the man and it's like dude where are these women these uh the mothers of this women because the mothers should like day one i would tell my daughters don't you dare go out and not wear any clothes and go go home with someone that you weren't intending to like no that man could hurt you that's that's out of sympathy out of mothering out of protection um that you just don't put yourselves in those situations as a woman but the left's agenda just doesn't they have no protective no morals so they encourage the women to go out and like do whatever they want oh yeah do whatever you want never mind that you're you're dressing with no clothes and you know you're gonna go out to drink and you're gonna do stupid stuff you're gonna wind up with a with a rapist it's going to happen like the rapist can mm -hmm. smell you it just happens <laughs> and so then they then they tell you all men are like that that's not all men as of, look i'm wearing i'm covering myself now and this is how i dress i don't show my body to the world and mm -hmm. there's a reason for that is because if I do, I'm going to get like dick pics in my messenger. Do I want that? No. Well, you already That's said you had sleazy people messaging you. Well, you, well, you already said earlier in the show you had sleazy people messaging you like a long time ago. Yeah. Imagine if you did that. Well, let's just let's just say all hell would break loose. Yeah, it would be exactly. And so mm -hmm. that they they encourage the women to do this, and then the women get responded by the degenerates of society, and then they paint the men as all men are like that. So that's why a lot of women get duped into thinking that all men are bad, and that all men are are this way. But that's not the case at all. So dressing modestly is not. Um, they'll say that it's like slave housewife and it's bad and you're all like abused but no it's actually the most empowering thing you can do because when you're dressing right and you're talking to someone uh they actually have to pay attention to your brain they're 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 talking to you for who you are how you present yourself and if you're not walking around with no clothes it's like what you advertise so yeah that's another thing that that's on that side of the aisle and then they'll these people are like convincing women to do like only fans and stuff they're like don't listen to no nobody you you can do it and then i remember growing up and i i, I would like watch like documentaries on like porn actresses that were really popular i'm talking about right now all the stuff that people are allowing because they don't want to step on someone's toes because they don't want to be that guy no one most people don't want to be that guy it, it people get mad at me in our space because I, I can always be that guy because they don't want to be but it's like all this stuff's gonna have a big backlash, not just with, with like troons, but like all these women. They're gonna do OnlyFans. I'm predicting ten years from now, maybe twenty years from now, when I'm like fifty, I'm old, old and black and rich and good looking. 
you know? <laughs> All these women are going to have, like, random documentaries on their YouTube channels, maybe. They're going to be like, oh, you know, the horrors of doing OnlyFans. This happens quite a bit with people that do that kind of stuff. No one just talks about it because they're like, oh, no, 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 just don't pay attention to the person in the back. It's a whole Wizard of Oz meme, actually. Because there's no way this is healthy for all these women out there. There's no way. There's there's no way to convince that. There's a, there's a people that bring up this, like, weird stat, and it's like, but this stuff prevents, like, rape and all sorts of stuff. It's like, first of all, you don't know that. You have no proof of that. Like, some stats make no sense. That would, How would you prove that? That means that was constructed to lie to you just to tell you a bullshit narrative so you believe it. And women are like, I'll do whatever I want. Oh, cool then. So if someone treats you like an absolute piece of shit because you do that, then I guess they can do whatever they want too. It never goes both ways, I, I remember. It always goes, mm. I got to let you do what you want. But if I go, like, I don't really fuck with that, then I'm a bigot. Really crazy how that works, you know? It only works yeah. one way with these people. <laughs> It's true. And, uh, and women... It was an accident. Because... I'm a connoisseur of the porn. You know, I consume all types, obviously. <laughs> I, should do a, I, I should be a porn film reviewer on Rumble. Maybe I'll do that. I can, uh, do... You know, if a woman... If she wants to go do that, like, that's fine. There are people... There have been porn I will say this. for many if women years. women do that, no okay. one's gonna... Uh, girls, if they do that, no one's about to convince me you're not a sex addict. There's no way. I'm not believing that. I don't care what someone says. Literally, if you are not that sexually driven, most people don't do that, right? I think these women who simply do it are sex addicts. Remember, there was that thing back in the day. It was like a people Maybe it's an so, called, called a sex addict. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> no one talks about that, that addiction anymore. But it's like okay, all right, you know. I mean, there, there, yeah, there, there have been like prostitutes, brothels. Uh, like, mm -hmm. there's been a sex industry for since the dawn of time. So, obviously, yeah. it's a thing. But it's not something that I would uh, be like, uh, hey, my smart, intelligent daughter who is capable of being a rocket scientist, like, go do this. In, in, that's where all your worth is. That's the crazy thing. Like, just don't put your the worth of your mind in front of your body. Some some women, so like athletes and stuff, have been very smart. They'll go out. They'll they're WWE wrestlers. They're obviously they're models. They make tons of money, and you know that's that's fine if that's what they want to do. But um, just it's about it's about good mothering and and good parenting. You have to teach the kids just to not put all their value in how people see their body. Um, and that's what the, the, the leftists do. They tell people that showing your body is empowering. You know, they have like, they have like mixed message. Oh, nobody tells you what you can do with their body. It's a lot about the body stuff. It's just, it's really all in here. That's what makes a good woman is, is her mind. It's weird how schools will allow LGBTQ trash to be said in their books and talk to kids. But if a woman does OnlyFans, they'll draw the line at firing them that's what i have you noticed that lgbtq stuff really? good to teach the kids yeah but you because you because you'll see it or only fans teachers fired i'm like i guess that's pretty misogynist to get rid of a woman who's doing that <laughs> i find that so weird like so we draw the line that at teachers doing only fans okay all right we we are in a really big clown world <laughs> It, it is. It's all the of the just I, just, I don't approve of it at all. No, no. I mean, I, if the kids are getting access to OnlyFans, that is a problem. Like, just just no sexualization of children at all. It's, if you're it's if you're a teacher, have you, have just be a teacher. Girls who were turning 18 instantly make an OnlyFans account and be on OnlyFans. I, I've seen it on Instagram. Girl will be like 100K followers and I'll do a profile 18 
they'll, they'll, they'll literally say just turned 18 and then they'll be like OnlyFans model and they'll have like already 300,000 followers from just oh, like, bruh, that's crazy, you know? Wow. You know where I see this going. Okay, so so the next discussion is, building on that is um, <laughs> men. There's a huge industry that's already started and been been here for a long time. And men creating fake dolls, like robotic dolls, for as as their girlfriends. That's like where the next step is going. And then all those women being replaced by AI AI girlfriend. It's there's just weird, you know that movie, uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, that's kind of like what it reminds me of the direction it's going. So I'm of the opinion it's good to like say no to some things, such as the Ben Dunn campaign, and move things in the right direction. And you know, I have faith. I I actually do have faith that um the next generations will might turn out just fine. That may that might be better because adversity creates strong people it's kind of like the weak times create uh or strong times create weak men and mm-hmm. vice versa and i don't know um i do kind of believe that i've kind of been controversial on that like i'm not sure if i 100 buy that but I, as i get older i start to buy that more and more and i think that's exactly what we've seen we've seen a lot of luxury we see a lot of weak people weak parents and now the kids are going through hell right now i think the kids that are being put through the public schools are going through hell being indoctrinated with all the stuff that they didn't want to know um with all of the sexualization and all the problems and and i think they'll come out of it i have i have faith in them because i did right so my family was really left and i came out of it okay like just something in me was like just re- totally rejected it and was like this is evil um with all of the values i don't know how or why this but it just true. happened so that's not um, true that that that's pure <laughs> that's pure just fabricated uh, lies <laughs> But the kids, I think, in the next generation will have the same reaction. Not all of them, but I do have faith that many of them will, and that they so will come. My out um, my ex, she um graduated, I think, five years after I did, around like 2019, 2018, something like that. I asked, we asked them in public, like, uh, "What do you like in dudes?" Because we were hanging out with her and her sister at one point. They're like, "Nah, if you," she literally told me, "She'll never say this out loud to people because she knows backlash is a thing on the internet. If you say something, it could affect your personal life." Because she, she's like. I actually she has a government job, so she can't really say these kind of things because she works for a county building. She legit, legit told me if a dude cries, it's 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 she like that. She likes manly dudes. She likes people like that. And she not that she's a. Uh, I'm thirty. I'm I'm twenty nine. She's five years old. She's like twenty four. So she went through a different school system than I did five years prior, and they're like, nope, you gotta be a handyman. You gotta have a car. You gotta be fixing light bulbs. You gotta be making me like. I'm just saying, like, there, there are women that don't buy into it. But the problem here is, even if they don't buy into it, some of them go to universities, colleges. Have you seen those before and after pictures where girls that are, like, feminine and like that traditional yeah. lifestyle in high school, will, they'll be that way? Come out of university, they're pink-haired. Now they're, like, dildos and fucking carpets. <laughs> or they join the comic book sphere and then they realize how bad that is. I mean, if you're if you join the comic book yeah. sphere, you work for Marvel DC, you look like that, you'll get a job. On a very popular character, you don't know about that character. That's what happens on Hot Girl. There's a trone writing on Hot Girl. That person on the model, Hot Girl. Like oh. I just, I don't get it. You should look at these photos. This person is a is a got a nine. <laughs> what's the thing? A, a nine o'clock shadow. That ain't no woman. Just just saying. That ain't no woman. <laughs> but I, like that's what the last the last thing I want to talk about for like indie comics is. All right, where do you see most of it going? Because you talked about pendulum swinging back. Actually, swung 
sort of ways this show. That's really weird. But <laughs> Larry, Larry, as you said before, on one of your shows, Larry's going to be gone anyway. Because he said if his, his next book that doesn't sell, then he's gone. But let's be honest here. His whole mm-hmm. life's based around this. He's not going anywhere. These people lie all the time. They're, they're like AIDS. They're always going to be around, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> they always have herpes or AIDS. And that's what Larry is. Larry's the herpes of indie comics. Someone's going to clip that out and put that somewhere. <laughs> He he said he was going to quit drama several times over, and then he's just started right back <laughs> up again. Yeah, I told myself it. I was going to quit being black two days ago, and you know, look where we're at now. <laughs> I denounced. Now you have to apparently denounce things and make long letters. No, our company does not stand for this. Like, what kind of gay shit is that, man? Holy shit! But no, um, you're going to do boobs three, and it's and the lady's going to mm-hmm. have three boobs, and the villain's going to be Clemento. <laughs> And if we don't get that, I, boy there will you. be there will be a third boobage. Our <laughs> I, our villain is named Gaylord von Schlauber, and he is a villainous drag queen. He's actually my favorite character. He's freaking mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, you know, back in the day when like that stuff was actually funny and not yeah. like serious. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's a lot of not well it's called boobs nothing about the comic series there's even a disclaimer inside of it that says do not take anything in this comic seriously so um he's actually i think seriously one of the best characters he's freaking hilarious and he's so evil um i love it gvs is his abbreviated initials (laughs) oh i remember Um, i remember the one thing i wanted to ask how do you think indie comic creators can actually get more sales? Because you know how the model, you know, mm-hmm. you talked about archaic models with the mainstream. It's always crowdfunding to uh, get product. How does, how do you fix that? Because there needs to be, in my opinion, somewhere where you get out a faster product though. Despite what people say, my quality, you, 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 you can do a quality job in six months. I mean, at six months was a while, right? It feels mm-hmm. like, this is going to trend in the mainstream model too, just an archaic model. Like it's, it's always the same thing. It's always, Hey, I have a book. It's not done. I need money. Okay. Book gets funded, Mm -hmm. hopefully delivered. It's like at a certain point, like that's just going to be not a viable model or it's only going to be the viable model because that's all people know. How do you fix that? Essentially you just have your own website. Yes. You have your website. I mean, I think I've already fixed that for me for the most part. Like we, we do both. So we kickstart books that, um, that we, that we want that are more like larger investment products, but we've been coming out with monthly content. We've done, we do a magazine an indie news magazine, comics illustrated. And, um, I just put it together. I just put in the labor and, um, People write articles and we we're a newspaper, we're an indie news magazine. So we've done that on a monthly basis. And that's starting to um open up our eyes to being able, able to publish content faster. It's just about um the thing with comics is that you kind of have to put in your time. There's no like fast track or cheating. Uh you have to kind of earn your stripes and getting that audience that's going to support you to be able to have a website and launch a product and make the money um is part of that equation. You have to work to get that audience. And thankfully, I've been doing this for 10 years. So I have a very awesome, strong audience and I can release stuff on my website and I have, um, but I also do Kickstarter. So it's just, Mm -hmm. we're just like every other company we're, uh, working to grow and we are growing. So, so we're doing things right, I think, but, um, 
big old long boxes. You got white long boxes. I need. I I probably need some more. So myself. Oh yeah! Look, this is my this. These are our products. I it goes all the way up to damn near. Oh the my ceiling, god! And it goes all the way down. And this is just one room. This is boobs one, boobs two. Here's all of my boobs one covered. G H I blanks. I second printing mm -hmm. blanks bags and boards in this one. Comics Illustrated November, Comics Illustrated December, um, and so on and so forth. So we're already we're already like we've put out more books than probably all of Comicsgate. So it's like <laughs> to be honest, and like I'll be honest, the, and then the conversion of having readers, they probably actually read your stuff. More yes, than likely. they do. They like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think uh, I think now it's just this is what I think basically comics was. So uh, 2016, everything hit the fan. It was election mm -hmm. year. There's we saw all the cancellations, which then became apparent that they were cancellations politically motivated in 2020. And that opened my eyes. And I was like, oh, oh, this makes a lot more sense. The last four years of my life. And um this has been going on in the background. Now it's this giant monster. So then we saw between like 2018 and like 2022-ish, a bunch of opportunistic uh, indie creators that lacked professionalism came into the market and decided, hey, shit's hitting the fan in the mainstream. Now is a great time to capitalize and take advantage of the market and put out a book and make a bunch of money without even doing the work. Yay! And that's what happened. And now we've passed that timeline. And now in hindsight, everybody knows those guys were a joke. Nothing really was coming. There was no promise. There was no potential of growth. They just wasted our time. And now we're entering a new era starting now where there are actual companies actual people like my husband and I who are to run a company now divinity comics we actually do this full time as of january yeah, remember you told we me you guys have time. made an, mm -hmm. enough money to the point where you could do this full time but that's crazy that's actually really good a lot of people that's thing though a lot of people want what you have or like what eric has where you can have a company that you can just basically support yourself off of it but they don't understand the the main vital point of it they understand start and end you have to put in years of work for that a lot of people genuinely think they could just put out one book or like with YouTube, let's say a video, and they'll just pop off, and it's like that's not how that works, though. That's literally not. You have to legit put in years of work and time. And there's no definitive number of said time and year or days put in work. You just have to do it. A lot of people go like, but they, a lot of people that that say they want to eventually get to that point don't put in the time and effort. I tell people, yeah, you might yeah. put in twenty years to get what you need to go. You just people, are, I don't want to do that. Then you don't want it bad enough. Then that's just how it is. That then yep. you could just go fuck off and go outside and sell crack then. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, that's what people don't understand. I, I don't know how to tell that to people enough. You just have to put in the time and the work. I can't give you an X amount of time. It's going to take a long will. time. Yeah, I, I can't give people mm -hmm. an, a time limit on when you'll be successful. I can't. You just have to keep doing it. And there's days yep. you want to quit. Imagine you've had days you want to quit. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to go be a nerd. Maybe you want to you know, go be a nurse or something or work at a bank. Maybe. You're always like, yeah, the grass might be green on the other side. But you're like, wait a minute. No, I love doing this so much. I want to keep doing it, you know? Yep. And, and it has to come from a bit of a love for the medium because uh, because it's such a, a terrible <laughs> industry and everybody sucks. So so I'm actually really supportive. I, I used to say I wouldn't support indie creators again when I bumped into Larry and how badly he burned me. But seeing this evolution and then seeing new artists come in and it's it's so weird. It's like this 
just like a cool deja vu because I see um, myself 10 years ago entering the industry and everybody treating me like crap and nobody giving me advice and my publisher giving me hard times or nothing in Facebook posts of BS. And now here I am 10 years later and I am talking to the new artists, hiring them, giving them jobs, um, coaching them, being an art director and teaching them lessons and, and growing them and promoting them. And that feels just like, that's just amazing. This is what I enjoy doing and nobody did it for me. So I'm, I'm so intent. Like I, I want to be better than how I was treated. So I treat them as best as I can. And it's just going to go up from here. This is the new industry now. So you're going to have people like Mike and I, 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 there are other publishers that have been around that have been doing this and we put them in the magazine and we talk to them when we've, you know, um, mm -hmm. been able to spotlight and promote a lot of them. Cause, cause I do believe in that. I think that we're going on the up and up. The new artists are coming in. They're not going to deal with the old BS. They don't want to be told what to believe politically left or right. doesn't matter. They don't, their politics shouldn't come before their art. Yeah, because they don't most people are politically neutral mean. anyway. Most people actually legitimately yeah. don't care that much, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Most people don't mm -hmm. And also most people don't care about race that much either. Mm -hmm. You know, that's been blown out of proportion too. It's just nonsense. And it's books. It's about books. And um, all the rest is distractions. So I think we will see these publishers grow. And like us, we're growing. And this is just the beginning. So... So, and that part of that is just going to be, if you want to be a publisher like us, it's a lot of work. It's, mm. it's different than being a creator who just puts out books. That's a whole you, other level. Cause if you worked for so. like Marvel, DC, or even if you worked for like image, so to speak, or like dark horse, remember you'd have like everyone doing the work for you. All you have to do is essentially turning your pages. But when you're doing it for yourself and your husband, it's like, well, you got to make the website look good. You have to make sure you have product people can buy. Because if someone goes to your website and they, round, and they randomly discover it and they don't have, like, boobs number one, well, most people buy from number one. So they don't like buying, like, the third, the third one and just going in like that, you know? If you don't have product there, that's another customer you don't have anymore. You just don't because they're like, well, they didn't have it when I bought it at the time when I had the money and now I don't have it anymore and I can't support. You know, there's so many things you're doing it by yourself compared to like, oh, I just turn on my pages, turn Marvel or DC, and they'll just <laughs> turn it in the book. You know, they might give you a copy of your book for free. Who knows? Probably not, you know, because they don't make money yep. themselves. <laughs> but I wanted to show off your exactly. website before you had to go. Okay. Which is, so this is Comics Illustrated, right? This is your website? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I have to say, so... I do feel like um, I so I do believe in that there's a God. And I think that um, uh, this has been like a long time. There's a lot of proverbs that go along with this, but um, it's more than just the 10 years of the comic book artwork. So I've been doing uh, like websites, marketing, like being oh, a liaison for customer service and all of the stuff that I currently already do <laughs> with the Divinity <laughs> Comics for over 15 years, maybe even approaching 20. Um, so, so it's like bad. I got here and I found a mess of the industry and like doing doing this co publishing company utilizes all of the skills that I naturally have used for 20 years. So when it comes to you, like on your point that it takes a lot of time, it's not just been 10 in comics drawing myself, but it's been like 20. So, yes, time is important. Uh, you can't just fast track 20 years so i am i'm very proud i think we've been very professional we have a very very nice professional product we have a nice professional website you know we so run when people want to get into uh comics illustrated or boobs 
So everyone likes to start at issue number one. So you have your physical back issues here. Where's issue number one? Oh, two. you're in Comics Illustrated. So there's two different websites. That's Comics Illustrated okay. is only Comics Illustrated. But if you go to Divinity Comics, you'll oh, and okay. you were just at the bookshelf. Uh, you could read the back issues for free of Comic Illustrated on the bookshelf. Ooh, which is cool. But yeah, Black Divinity Comics. Great yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you can find all the boob stuff because uh, Comics gross. Illustrated. Boobs. It that, is that, it is Divinity Comics, but it's it's so <laughs> big, and it's it's different than comic books, being that it's a magazine, so it's its own yeah. thing too. Mm. Um, and talk about website sales, that's where you know a lot of that happens. But Divinity Comics is the actual creative comic book. Yep, there's boobs, boobs one, boobs two. We just redesigned the website this week, so oh, looks yep. good. I think I still okay. got. Thank you. I still got to fill in the testimonials, I think. That, but, her lady got some yeah. big old melons on her. That is, those are huge. <laughs> and those are all my, that's all my artwork too, right there on Boobs One. So, yeah. So what's the difference between that's the done. mega print? Oh my God, these women are, they're, they're, uh, they're getting it on right there. Just, just saying. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> you have some deep-rooted fantasies you want to share with the class lady? Oh Lord. So, this one right here, CVRA original. This mm -hmm. one is pinup original. Cover A, oh, cover B. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. I don't know which. I don't know which one. Ha, if I review this, it's gonna get flagged. I know exactly. Yeah, YouTube doesn't. Uh, you're trying to get me flagged on YouTube. I'm like, man, hey, can, I'm, I'm, hey guys, today I'm reviewing a comic book named Boobs issue number one. They're like, like what the fuck? What the hell? <laughs> Sirens. If I want to toot my own horn about mud details and all that <laughs> in contrast. So we fulfilled, we had 526 backers for boobs one and we had 400 for boobs two. And after boobs one, I did 56 uh, original sketches for backers. And it was, I did it in about four weeks. Um, and then, uh, then for boobs too, I don't remember how many. I think there was like 25. I limited it because 56 was a little too much. But I still did all that and we still delivered on time as promised. And we it took us like 18 days what, to get to like 96% fulfillment after we got paid for boobs one. And these are all like $8. Oh, wait, 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 yeah. wait with shipping, mm -hmm. it'll be like, I think like 12 bucks generally or maybe like 20 something, give or take where you are in the world. This mm -hmm. is the United States. Yeah. Can't be, can't be for like Europe. <laughs> yeah, fuck Europe. Oh, Lord. Um, good, good gosh. There is, if I have this in the thumbnail, yep. that, that, that is, uh, <laughs> I'm like, hey, I got laid by three women. <laughs> that's the, that's the tagline for it. Oh, my God. So you have people these, get really confused. You have these at, Go ahead. you have these in your house, these books. So when someone can, so if someone bought them, they could you mm -hmm. ship it to them okay okay mm -hmm. yep yeah we ship immediately sometimes it, it like a day or two might go by because we have to go get shipping supplies or uh you know but generally within the first 48 hours of any purchase we get it shipped out right away um yeah i don't know what's mm -hmm. covered that's I what want. we do this is our full-time job you order a book from the website you just saw i take it out of this box i package it up and i go drop it off at the post office with the top with the bag and board because i heard some people yes. don't put in boards yeah if you, I'll say this right now, if anyone ships my comic without a board, I am never buying from you ever again. I, I will legit actually be like, I'm good. Because you know how damaged this stuff can get? It's not that I, I understand yeah. these go out of like 
people don't know what well, what's a board. This is a board right here. This thing. Mm-hmm. So it, this cushions your book. So let's say if the person dropped your book or it might get messed up in you know the process of them shipping it to you. This protects it from getting damaged. So if you don't ship it with this, you're just hoping that this is going to come out looking good when you open the product. No, 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 no. There's a reason you go the extra route when you buy these to make sure you ship them so your customer gets a quality product. So if no one ships your books in this, that person never needs to have your money ever again. Yep. And they're lazy because, because I think uh, there was like 3,000 books of Cyberfrog and they just decided not to not to do it it's it that's such a my quality cheap, you know <laughs> thing to do we we bag and board i think we bagged and boarded up to a thousand bags and boards in a day like and you, this is the you thing you guys do them all yourself yeah yeah we do we mm-hmm. a thousand? This, this is the thing where yeah so see we used to have a comic book shop Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of retail and packaging experience. We mm-hmm. had a huge online store in addition to our brick and mortar, and we'd get fifteen hundred books a week in. Mm-hmm. So, and every Tuesday we'd actually alphabetize the whole store too. So we're used to this. We're used to bagging and boarding five hundred thousand books a day. And uh, when we did boobs, so there's five hundred twenty six orders roughly, um, and we did that all within just a couple weeks because we can ship 50, 50 to seventy five packages a day, and we have we we did that with boobs one and boobs two like many several days. So it doesn't take us long, and that's that's another hurdle. And then if you're a creator, you just you just have to put in the time and practice. We're lucky. Like like I was trying to say, all the chips fell where they made to like make this the perfect job for me. Because we had a store and we ran it for like two years and we did this every day. But a new creator, that's a, one of their most overwhelming parts of selling comic books is the assembly, the shipping, the packaging, the bags and boards. Like they don't know how to do any of that. So that sucks. And all I can say is just watch YouTube, learn, just takes time. But um, yeah, that's something we have. Thankfully, uh, we're like ninjas at. So <laughs> we're like, yeah, 500 orders. Hmm, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, we'll get that done. It's not a big deal for us. So we can handle the uh, the orders. One of, your, one of your boobs book has a cyber frog cover on it. I know. <laughs> well, no, it's not cyber frog. It's a frog. It's amphibious robot. i know which boob cover i got i will get it when i get paid (laughs) awesome i it's it's so funny i got a people order boobs all the time off our website and uh we get new readers all the time i got a a new reader the other day who's actually Mm -hmm. been following my work for seven years and it was the first time he made a purchase and it was so cool. And he bought boobs one and boobs two. And he had to message me afterwards. And he said he couldn't put them down. He loved it. He thought they were hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I, that's just like these people that don't deliver miss out on that. There's something so freaking awesome and satisfying about that. That, you know, you're robbed of as a creator if you don't deliver. Because there's that's why you do it is because you love it. You love that connection with the readers. You love the medium. So I love this work. You got to love it to do it. Otherwise, you're just going to run away crying because everyone's so damn mean and horrible to each other. Because I think it's just super <laughs> territorial because like people always have asked this mm-hmm. question on Twitter. It's like, why is there so much drama in comics? And it's like, well, that's a dumb question in and of itself. It's like there's drama in like every business in existence. So I don't know why <laughs> it would be any different here just because it's what the fuck. So then the other one is, well, if there's – let's all let people know. And you guys had a store, so you guys know what I'm saying. 
there's not a lot of money in this kind of stuff. I don't know what the industry lied to people out. You know, there was this like period in 2020 where everyone was grading stuff. There was like all these legendary trading cards selling for so much money. There's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of money in just this general sphere. So all the money that people can make is going to be highly distributed amongst like just top people, middle people. It's it's just too super competitive, you know. And I and I yeah. think that's what you guys. Yes. I think that that's what you guys have over everyone else. You guys have something kind of like. You're going to capture those weird guys that like naked chicks and they'll just give you all their money, honestly. I mean, people are doing it for OnlyFans. I might as well do it for books at that point, you know? Well, and people don't realize um, that the cheesecake is what they call it with the with the women. Oh, yeah. They that love their is cheesecake. A very... Oh, Lord. Yes. Okay. It's, it's been in comics for a long time. It's not mm -hmm. new. You know, it's it's actually a very successful vein of, of indie comics specifically. So we just decided to have the balls to name it boobs and to make it make fun of everybody. And mm. yeah, that's, that's different. <laughs> that's something that's very original that I've never seen in the industry like that mm -hmm. yet. So yeah, I love it. I love what we do and there's not a lot of money in it. Um, I mean, I, I think there can be when you grow, but it's it's still a tricky medium because of the print medium. And you're right. I mean, when you have a comic shop, especially, your overhead is insane. It's really hard to survive. So if you're not oh. huge, you know. Last last yeah. three things. The first thing is, you know how when a person finally gets the campaign completed, what is the process of a printer? Because like no one ever talks about the printing process, right? Hmm. So what is the process of a printer, though? When you go, okay, I have this much money. I want this many books done. I imagine it doesn't just happen like that. So is there any, like, intricate, important information you want to tell first-time creators about the printing process when your product finally does get funded? Mm. Yes, I – man, I helped someone uh, format for print their book just over the holidays because, yes, this is a tricky – topic for people um and it helps because i have all this graphic design experience so i know how to work with print but if you don't know how to work with print that can be really tricky um you have to know how to format your stuff for print so uh like we use comics wellspring for pretty mu pretty much everything you go to comics wellspring and they'll have downloadable specs and templates and so you download that template it gives you the the document size you open up that document and now you want your pages to be that size and it gives you instructions the dpi uh the bleed margin these are all print terms you got to learn the bleed is how much um space you have on your paper that the printer when they pr cut it will cut off potentially cut off so you have to keep all your important objects in a certain like frame and then you have to have the right dpi so you have to have some kind of software gimp uh photoshop affinity something like that and indesign and then you have to put all your pages and format that them the same they have to be that way to turn into the printer and you can turn them in through a google drive or you can turn them in through uh, we transfer link however you figure out to send them those files now those files should have already been lettered so it should have already gone through an artist and a letterer and sometimes the letters will be really kind and they'll help you format it but that doesn't happen 
I, I think more times than not, it's it's not expected of a letterer to do that for you. If they do that, then they're really nice. Um, and then you take all those formatted lettered pages, PDF, J, JPEG, usually one of those two, and you submit it to the printer with usually your print order. So like Comics Wellspring, whenever I have a print order, and I now with Comics Illustrated, I manage multiple print orders every month. And so, yeah, like I was just talking to the printer. Uh, I talked to them today. I talked to them two days ago. And in about a week, I'll place another print order. So every month now I have at least one print order, sometimes two. Um, and I manage that. So I go, I place the order. I fill out my type of cover, the type of interiors I want. And if you don't know about any of this, like 80 pound gloss text or 70 pound uncoated or silk, you know, if you don't know what kind of paper types you're working with, you can always call them, ask them for a sample. They'll send you some or something like that. Then you figure out what kind of book you like and how many pages. And um, sometimes they'll ask for ads. Like if you want their ad in the book, there could be a discount. You'd say how many books you want. You fill it, you give them where your book is. That's where you put your Google drive link or we transfer or whatever and then you place print order which means there's an exchange of money at that point you're placing an online order for their for them to print the books and then usually it's 14 to 16 days after that you get your books so in that process they've received the order they've charged your card they're going to reach back out to you you can select whether you want a digital proof or physical proof physical proof is mailed to you so then it will take a little longer but for a first timer, I would definitely recommend that so you can get the feel of your paper and make sure it's what you want. And if it's not, you tell them this doesn't look right. I don't want this. I want to upgrade or I want to change the paper type. They'll work with you. Um, but a digital proof now, I just usually only get digital proofs because I'm familiar with the printer. I've worked with them. We've, we've figured out what works for us with them. And so you look through it, you approve it. You say, yes, this is good. This looks good. Make sure your stuff is all there. Page numbers are right, whatever. And then they print it Then they ship it to you. Or you can go pick it up if you're close. For boobs one and two, we drove there and we picked it up. We picked up all these books, so because we don't live Good. that far away, that's the process. Mm. And then you ship it out to your customers. So cool. it's it's a bit technical. It can be daunting for people who are not familiar with it. But thankfully, I am. So so boobs is not going to come out in 2028, and you're going to be talking about my quality. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> dude. You know, there's so many comic artists that have like godly level of details yeah. way more than any frog book i've ever seen and they <laughs> did it you know a page a day jack kirby was known to do four or five pages a day michael turner could fill, could do a whole detailed sketch in under five minutes so mud details right. is not something that someone was familiar with that actually knows the medium jim jim lee can do a, a whole page in six hours yeah with so jim lee can do great art in a timely fashion and get it out done on the weeks or his books come out where he's a contributor on. I, I, I just find it so weird that all these legendary people, these guys apparently, apparently look up to got their stuff done on time, but then they're like, I'm taking my time. Cause my quality. It's like, no, you're just a lazy piece of shit. It's religious. All it is Just call it for what it is. You know, the other second thing is, um, yeah, any big plans for divinity comics, comics illustrated, uh, coming this year in 2024 because you guys are doing youtube more compared to what you used to do before because you were off social media for a while because you know the world was literally on fire actually <laughs> <laughs> yep 
we used to have a show called Mike and Mindy back in 2020 and it was fun. So yeah, we've been streaming more um, because we do this full time now. So that mm. opened up our schedule to be able to mm. add streaming in um, pretty regularly. Uh, but I think 2024 is going to be a huge year for us. I think we've already seen growth. We've already been able since last May to go from one Kickstarter on boobs to now a monthly magazine uh -huh. um, that we're on issue number six. Plus, we're starting our second. We do quarterly specials, too, in addition to that, in addition to the monthly magazine. Plus, uh, we're, have, we're just kickstarting another G-Busters. I mean, we got, we, we're a full-fledged publishing company now. And that started from boobs one a year ago. And now this is our full-time job. So at this rate, I think we're going to kick the pants off of a lot of people and probably make people really mad uh who don't who are competitive and mm -hmm. i plan one of my goals is to hire artists and writers more like now that we are doing better and we can we can reach out more and we can support artists more we already have been but um now on a larger scale so um and really take a few artists under my wing and teach them what I know and make them the coolest rock stars of the industry. I want to be like really, really successful by the end of the year. Cause I think we can be, so I think it's going to be a banger year. Yep. And the last thing I'll ask before, and whenever you do a second appearance later on this year, maybe in the future, cause man, M Mindy, you know, she, you know, she uh, stood me up like three or four times anyway, before this is okay. <laughs> you know, she's like, no, no blacks on my shows. <laughs> Uh, do you think it was all worth it from how you started versus where it got now? Think ever think it yeah. all mattered in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, no, I think I'm a firm believer that adversity that people need adversity to mm -hmm. be good people. So I look back at the past ten years of just total mud slinging, and mm -hmm. I I don't regret it at all. No, I think I needed that to happen so that I could do better than all of those slimy mm -hmm. jerks. <laughs> and create a better thing and do better. And I want to be better. I want this industry to be healthy and I want it to survive and I love it. So um, I'm on a mission to do that. And I needed, we needed those 10 years of adversity to make us into what we're going to be. Last, last thing is uh, any shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular and anything else you want to say before we head out. Shout out to you. Thank you. Thank you for following me for the few months that you have and stay in contact even after i um canceled huh. on you he canceled me and canceled on me that's how it works <laughs> i'm sorry but thank you for being super cool and i enjoyed yeah. this so yeah people just go to divinity comics if you want to read boobs go to comics illustrated we just uh, released the march issue and then my youtube channel i say things you know you could find me there saying things <laughs> or on twitter <laughs> Oh, G Busters. G Busters mm -hmm. just went on pre-launch today. So that's on Kickstarter. Go find me on social media. You can find the links to G Busters. It's a Ghostbusters parody. And oh, I do I should mention. So this is our second parody title this year, but we have these really gigantic original stories mm -hmm. that are in the near future that I'm really excited about. Like our like I, I don't want to say What's a good original character from somebody like Spider-Man, like our Spider-Mans yeah. are mm -hmm. going to be releasing at least one of them this year and a second one next year. Not and they don't look like Spider-Man or anything, but our babies are like actual original yeah. 
crap that we've been working towards. So that's huge. That's very huge. So Comic Illustrated, for anyone listening, that I've watched the whole way through, uh, Comic Illustrated showcasing any creators. You have boobs. And you want to maybe do something different outside of that. Like have your own like maybe superhero universe. Maybe you have like a sci-fi fantasy universe. You know? You'll see. You'll see. And then I think it'll be surprising of what, uh, what it I wanted to get like, like the scoop. I wanted to get like, oh, breaking news. She's creating her <laughs> I, first black character. <laughs> She's gonna be a white. <laughs> Imagine that. Your first your X-Men team is full of black people. A white and then the creator. <laughs> like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> they'll all be uh they'll all be transgender midgets too while we're at it, you know. <laughs> no, you'll see. You'll see in time. If that's ever a comic book, transgender midgets. <laughs> We already have a, a biracial couple. Like that that's boobs. The guy is a, like a dark skinned Vietnamese guy is one of the lead guys. So like anybody that says that we're racist, we're just like, what what have you been smoking, man? Like like look at our books, man. Like there's just nothing about it that screams racist, but whatever. Um, no, we we're very tolerant, open people. Unlike the cancel culture people. So we just yeah. love books, man. Yeah, I love reading. And I love, well, as most black people would probably have never going to say that, actually. You know, I love I, I love this stuff, man. <laughs> I have all these packages over here. You know, like I usually like, like to get donuts in the morning and read books. That's what I like to do. I don't usually read comic books very cool. fast. I like to take um, my time going through the pages because I want to soak in the experiences. I, I'm going to start doing, I, we did reviews of all Eric's books. And hmm. I did a review of Ultimate Spider-Man number one with my friend. So moving forward, I got to make sure I get the floppies in, read them on a tummy fashion, and then review them. Because I was like, they like packages. I just sit there, and I'm like, I'm so busy. I can't open all that shit. You know, I want to save you the moments. Hey, I got this, hmm. you know, random book that I wanted to buy. Omnibuses are amazing. Just saying. Omnibuses are great. If someone ever breaks in your house, crack them <laughs> over you. You can just use it to crack someone's head with a brick. <laughs> that's awesome well i appreciate you having me on thank you yeah so if anyone <laughs> is watching this on the uh, podcasting platforms i'll be making a video about the schedule of the shows in general and uh we'll have mindy on later on the year maybe we'll have her husband on and her husband be like yep she sucks her comics are terrible drama with my own wife just that's what you really need to make these drama with my own wife <laughs> <laughs> we should just make a reality show like the mike and mindy show with an actual camera good lord that was so go. funny good lord <laughs> I, I think half this you know people say like drama is stage i think half this drama is stage anyway if i'm being honest here maybe, mm -hmm. maybe or maybe i'm just fucking crazy honestly but yes everyone we'll see you guys later have a great night everybody see you guys later